Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't like blood and guts, but I love them when they're lengthily Just when you thought it couldn't get more personal. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to get personal. <laughs> this is a Jaws movie that's about you, the listener. Ooh. You and me. This this shark means harm to us, to anyone. To, uh, to all of us. Jaws the Revenge. I kept thinking it was Jaws 4. It is decidedly not Jaws 4. It's Jaws colon the Revenge. Yeah, no 4 on this uh, Jaws. <sighs> Jaws the Revenge. Pretty, um... Uh, well, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Paul. And I'm Matt. Sorry to get so personal out of the, <laughs> just out of the gate. But this, but this, but this podcast episode, it's personal. This movie's too personal for numbers. It has to have its own subtitle. Yeah, but when you said too personal for numbers, the two was the numeral two and the four was the numeral four. <laughs> <laughs> Just so people, if people are transcribing yes. this. We're not too personal for numbers. No, the movie no, no, is. no, no. This is with Gorley and Rust. Yes. The cozy cast show that's easy listening horror franchise specialissimo podcast. Yeah. And these waters are warm. Mm -hmm. They're bah Bahamanian uh, uh, blue, electric blue waters that we're in right now. Except when they're shooting scenes in the universal backdrop lake that they dyed blue and colored the hair of the actors. Oh my goodness! So I, I noticed a little universal backlighting uh, <laughs> there. Uh, uh, did now did their hair color change within the movie? Could I see Michael Caine with a orange uh, sort uh, of uh, glow? I don't believe so, but I did read that on IMDb trivia just for uh, full disclosure. That's uh, well, I was reading uh, the IMDb trivia for. I was reading it fully for disclosure. The movie. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my good! Uh, so oh 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 so uh, uh, with the Jaws four of it all, Jaws the Revenge. So Jaws two, I guess, was the first time 
that it wasn't a, a a sequel with two that wasn't a Roman numeral. Since something in like the old days, right? I think I read that too. Oh, uh, really? Like, I think some B movie in the old days, but like, yeah, first big movie. Because you had Godfather Part 2 with two eyes. Yes. You know? Yeah. Very uh, stately and, uh, um, um, oh, I don't know, just sort of elegant. Yeah. But the, uh, then... Jaws 2 came along, did a big old fat two, just added it right there. Now, then they did Jaws 3, 3D. And it's just Jaws 3D. Holy cow. So that is bold. So both times, this is where I'm getting it now with Jaws 4, dropping the four. Just do Jaws, Jaws 4, the revenge. Drop four. Just Jaws, the Revenge. That's me doing Justin Timberlake and uh, uh, the social network, <laughs> giving advice on how to do the job. Well, we do write on Windows in this podcast, so there's, there's precedent. Uh, I, I'm just saying, the, John, the Jaws franchise, as far as uh, numbering sequels, they're the vanguard. They like dropping the four right. is a very cool, elegant move. Now, I think Friday the 13th had done it by that point, and obviously the year before, Aliens, which is like oh, the coolest yeah. of the, we're not going to number them, but still. But is this a precedent for subtitles? Who for for the Jaws movies or for just in general? Because that's something I feel like is big in the last mm. decade a lot. You know, like there's always like some franchise. What the, about the, House Two, the second story? Ah, uh, but that's got to be after. Oh, is it not? Or, or is it House Three? The yeah, House Two, the second story. But that could be after. Boy, is that. I was realizing that's going to be one of the best subtitles ever made. So, um, not just clever, but scary. Yeah, that does a lot. That works on multiple levels. Well, literally, so that. Truly, oh yeah, my so god! That. Isn't it? It's amazing when you you don't even know how brilliant your pun comedy is. <laughs> that was like an MC Escher pun. <laughs> that was over my own head. It was so highfalutin. <laughs> Listen, before we get into this episode, let's talk about how you can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and get so much more bonus content. You can get, you could have heard this episode a week earlier. That's right. Without ads. Oh my gosh. But hey, I just thought of something. Yeah. Given the jaws of it all. Bonus. 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 Got a mental note. Remember to do the bonuses jaws theme <laughs> four weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get feature-length film, watch-along commentaries, mailbag mm -hmm. episodes, bonus content that sometimes just pops up randomly. I also thought of another benefit of being a Patreon that yeah. I didn't even realize was already there. Ooh, do tell. If you're a Patreon subscriber, uh -huh. you can you can fact check us with effectiveness because what I'm learning is we will occasionally make mistakes we're human right. or have observations that are far afield, like for instance, Brody's a appendix scar, which we were right. kind of like, was he shot? Turns out the public has spoken. He definitely had an appendix scar. He <laughs> was want not to shot. Up. But- Not since the Kennedy assassination was there such a clear cut <laughs> idea on how somebody was not shot. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. So if you're a Patreon member, you can get to us within that week. And rest assured, if you're a free oh, episode my. listener, your fact checks are falling on deaf ears. They are. There's never been a free listener fact check that hasn't already been Patreon Because it comes out delivered. before that next episode is recorded. Yeah. Now, so, so somebody listening to the Jaws 4 week, not early, but just the, the week it came out, 
what could they listen to now on the Patreon? It's it's a I think it's Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Gary Busey. We go deep on the Gary My Busey. My first films. time seeing Deep Blue Sea, I know it is uh I'm not gonna say infamous. I'm gonna say famous for being a great shark movie i've i'm excited this is one amanda's excited to watch with me but so you can you can fact check as a patreon person effectively remember to exercise all restraint and responsibility and ask yourself why do you seek the cup of christ for his glory or for yours milwaukee brewing responsibly please drink responsibly (laughs) 1.2 counts of alcohol well gorley i uh as far as like the fact checking of it all how much did i just outright hobble us right out of the gates at the beginning of Jaws by proclaiming so confidently that you don't see those guys walk out of the water at the end of the credits. <laughs> that means any first-time listener to the podcast, first-time Jaws fan who hops along on this pod, the first thing they hear is this dope? I'm going to defend Getting something you, wrong? Of course they'll want to be like, hey, come on. And it's not until Jaws 4 before I, I start yakety-yakking so much about it. I'm going to defend you because I did then see a picture of that. And it is so small. It's almost like a little Easter egg, which I really appreciate. That's cool that if you're looking yes. for it, you find it. But it's not immediately apparent. And it takes a while to get there. So I think you are forgiven. I am forget. Okay, you know, as a this is truly. I'm not being uh, ironic here. Uh, as a Catholic, yeah, as a someone raised Catholic, when you said you are forgiven, that like felt so good. I was like, really? yes, all right. That okay. The other thing that always felt good was that the the non-Catholic uh, was at the ArcLight uh, when the person at the ArcLight Theater in Los Angeles when the person at the beginning. Uh, comes out and they go, okay, here are the exits. Make sure you don't talk or use your phone. At the very end, they would go, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And then they would say the title. And I loved the permission <laughs> that they gave me. Like, And also, it was sort of like, it reminded me right before the movie, right before the trailers, of course that's what I'm out here for. Like, I know it took, like, parking was annoying and getting in line for concessions mm. or whatever stuff in life. My anxiety about whether the movie will be good or not. or But, like, when they said sit back and relax, it's like, oh, of course, that's why I'm here. Let's let's do it. So that's why I'm here right now, this, to sit back and relax and talk to you, buddy. I, I'm here to absolve you of your guilt. I will ask you to do four hail scaries. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'll say them uh, in my brain as we're doing this. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll cut some quarters. Okay. It's okay. Now, before we get into the meat of this episode, we have a special announcement. Yes, we do. Paul, you take it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I am very, uh, very excited to announce that on a special, mm, maybe even the most special of dates... <laughs> One that I've so dearly, dearly kept inside my heart that I wanted to look it up on my phone. Uh, It's (laughs) Wednesday, August 25th at the Federal Bar in North Hollywood. Okay, my band, Don't Stop or We'll Die, we'll be playing a show. And uh, it's to to celebrate, we're releasing our, our vinyl 
uh, uh, our old, uh, a record of ours, Dazzle Me, on vinyl. This is exciting. Well, that's uh, no. It's this okay. Is exciting. But what's really exciting <laughs> is there's two opening bands. One, one of the great live bands and bands in the world, the Sloppy Boys, and another opening act. Matt Gorley's own band, Townland, buddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. It's exciting. Never too late to branch out in life. I'm telling <laughs> you, this is a very exciting for us to play with you guys. And yeah, well, we were like, uh, we were, we set up this show and uh, we, we were able to pick our opening acts and we're like, here we go. This is, we've been wanting to pull the Townland trigger for a while. And so now we had the opportunity, certainly post quarantine now. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, where we're at right now, we were like, hey, we can do this now. So, uh, yeah, if people look it up, I'm sure online there's tickets uh, where you can go. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh, you got Townland's going to play Sloppy Boys, Don't Stop or We'll Die. What a hoot. Oh, we're so excited. We're so excited to come out there and tee things up in a real easy listening way so you guys can just knock it home. Because, Thank you. you know, well, we, you know, we our band Townland is a lot like this podcast. It's easy listen. You know what we should do? We should each. We said we were going to do this a long time ago. We'll put a little piece of a song of each of our bands at the end of this episode again, if you that's like. That's nice. Yeah, a little reminder. A little. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I I think I've mentioned before that uh, the theme song to this podcast is an actual song that Townland does with different lyrics. So maybe we'll put a little taste of that on there. And uh, that's good. From "Don't Stop or You're Die." Don't I like it. Please do. That's awesome. And I love um, also the um, taking a song track and changing the vocals with the. Um, uh, there's a um, a George Harrison song that was originally fully produced for Ronnie Spector, and then Ronnie Spector. Uh, 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 recorded it came out wasn't a hit george harrison then just took the same music track and sang over it wait which one uh it's i think it's not the one he got sued for no no <laughs> my sweet lord <laughs> uh this one is it's on the if you want to hear the ronnie specter um uh version with her, her vocals on the production you can do that for sure it's um and that song is of course um, try some, buy some. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's a, it's not like a, it's maybe he did it early to mid seventies. Try some, buy some. Yeah, but oh, try some, <laughs> buy some. Sorry. <laughs> no, I... Oh, try some bison. Here, try some bison. Yes, have some. <laughs> yes, have some. Now, before we get into <laughs> Try this, some bison is really good. I have one more thing, a surprise for you. What? Yeah. Okay. When we did the Return of the Jedi commentary. Yes. We talked quite a bit about... Now, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you know what we're talking about. If you're not, you should get on there. We talked a lot about the Emperor's Royal Ugly Dudes. Yes. How you wanted to have an action figure of those Royal Ugly yes. Dudes. Because you were fascinated by the color purple on them. <laughs> is that right? Yes. Not the action figures from the movie Color Purple. The Royal Ugly Dudes, I believe they're called 
Imperial dignitaries. Yes, they had a shade of purple that I was like, or they were purple in a way that I've never seen in the Star Wars universe. I found them very fetching. This is the craziest shit I've ever seen because I thought, you know, I'm just going to take a peek on eBay to see what they got from my friend Paul. I'm not shitting you. I don't know why this is, but there is a... I don't know if it's a repro or whatever of the Royal Ugly Dude in all purple. <laughs> what? Corley, <laughs> thank you so much. You don't even have to keep that. It was just, I couldn't resist it. No, well, you He's can like, have it. No, uh-uh. I don't what want do it. What do you mean I don't you, have to keep you, it? No, well, can't. if I don't keep it, what am I going to do? Throw the garbage? <laughs> no, but the, it's literally solid purple, even as flesh. <laughs> what I don't know why. Him? I don't know why this exists. It's like some oh remold or oh, something. So, yeah, the mold, it's like the mold of the guy. <laughs> And it's all of the purple <laughs> all over him. It's as if uh, my, my the thing I said on the commentary just produced somewhere in a void an all purple royal ugly dude. It seems like it. And I'm starting to think like, let's start using that power a little bit more. You know? Yes. Uh, um, let's just try it. Doubloons. Doubloons. <laughs> so many doubloons. I was going to say solid yellow Gamorrean guard, but I like yours better. Oh, a Gamorrean guard made of gold. A gold gold doubloons, a melted doubloons. Yeah, please, cosmic universe, make oh, it happen. Oh, you know what? The what? rules are that we have to do it during a commentary oh, for a Star Wars. Right. If it was as easy as just doing it on the podcast, oh, man. Well, next now, time. Uh, I also love just looking at it. The it reminds me so much of all Star Wars action figures. They're like folds and creases in their garments are really just uh, they they bring back a lot of good memories. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, my my friend. You're more than That's welcome. That's so, so thoughtful. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. Uh, well, okay, now for the reason you all came here, and that's Jaws, not for the revenge. Now, uh, I know you gave me that gift right before this because you're intending on just savaging Jaws the Revenge, and you know... <laughs> how much I've told you how special it is to me. And I want you to like it. This was sort of like, okay, no, here's a little gift before the punches. No, I am not here to savage Jaws 4. In fact, just out of the gate, I would say I like Jaws 4 better than part three. Gorley, oh my gosh. For sure. We're on the same dinghy. <laughs> I... I, there's some st- stuff to really enjoy in this movie. Yes. And I think part of it is never having seen it before yes. really helps. Yes, that did help. Um, I Yeah, the main thing that helped with it, that's so interesting. You and I truly did not talk about this. Like, this is hot yeah. on the mic. Hot off the press. Um, I think the closest that maybe came to us, it getting teed up to maybe that we would like it. And I'm only underlining this because... This movie is much maligned. Yeah. Um, so was at the very end of Jaws 3, we were like, what would it take for it to be worse, Jaws the Revenge to be worse than this? So maybe we were in that frame of mind. But yeah, I I, I think the thing that like made it good was I was... And it can be dangerous because mm. it, it can be what makes a bad movie really bad. But 
it takes things pretty seriously. It does. It does. And yeah. I will say there's a cozy factor to this movie that especially for some reason Jaws 3 should have but doesn't because it's theme park related. For some reason it doesn't. But there's a coziness oh, to def- this. Definitely. It's a fucking Christmas movie. Yeah. I did not know that. That first 20 minutes getting to be in the coziness of Martha's Vineyard during <laughs> Christmas time. Hello, heavy sweaters. <laughs> oh my God. It's heavy got- sweaters and hot toddies. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Jaws 3D had no, was really, if it, if we ever did another cozy bracket like we did on the Patreon, the Jaws 3D yeah. would be so low because Florida, I love you. But the humidity, yeah, it can be cozy for some, but at SeaWorld, humidity, I don't... And then the smell of the fish. Yeah. Like, that's at SeaWorld. That yeah. is just so non-cozy. So to go to this, where... Oh, my God, those Christmas lights? Oh, jeez. And then... I know heat is heat. Maybe I was just bashing it with uh, SeaWorld. But... uh a white sand beach heat? Mm. Uh, Bahamanian a, blast ba- of fresh air. Yes, on the, the hot, breeze. Hot the Bahamanian breeze yeah. could be very um, pleasurable. I mean, this whole movie is just a Jimmy Buffett song. Jimmy Buffett wrote the screenplay. He <laughs> went under a pseudonym, but has many of his famous touches. <laughs> also, there's a lot about this movie that's unique. For instance, your protagonist is a middle-aged grandma. You don't get that very often. No, I didn't even think about the grandma aspect. I did when I was watching, I was like, older woman. But yeah, the fact that she's a grandma. When was the last, when was the, the, probably the time they did the um, Mama's Family motion picture? The what? The Mama's Family, <laughs> the motion picture. I wish. Guys, kids got, they didn't have to go to school the day the. Mama's family, the motion picture came out because they all knew the teachers all knew they're gonna skip class oh, anyway yeah. to go see this. It was Phantom funny. Menace and Mama's Family, the movie. Mama's Family, <laughs> the revenge. That is a great point, Matt. The the that this is she's a grandmother at the uh, heart of this movie, um, and the uh, I like this her. Uh, uh, she's a really good actress. Yeah, and then also I love this style, uh, this era, when she's got that like too. permed but chopped. I, what is that? I don't know. Is that a bob? It's like a yeah. curly chopped bob. I love that hair too. A permy chopped bob. Permy chop. Perma permo chop. And uh, agree or disagree, Gorley? I agree. Permy chop bob is cozy. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and. Also, Michael Caine's curly kind of floof is cozy. The Lance Guest, his whole look is tremendous. He's rocking like a George Harrison in the movie Help look that I love. That's all <laughs> denim but two tones and a real tan. After his father. Who's his father? Well, uh, Mark oh, Brody. Oh, yeah. Oh, the leathery tan. Yeah, he yeah. inherited But also of- I noticed when he gets on the boat and stuff, he kind of does wear like black tight sort of like and denim yeah. he favors his father's for sure fashion yeah. but yeah oh yeah that guy like stepped right out of a cozy catalog i know look there's some major flaws to this film and some of major the, jaws too yeah <laughs> some of its weaknesses are 
endearing strengths to me with the, now that it's so old, you know, at the time probably would have seemed ridiculous. Mm. Now there's some kind of like unintentionally funny things like just Ellen's psychic sense that the shark is attacking her son and this whole revenge thing obviously is ridiculous. Yes. But once you get past that, there's something just uh, haphazardly special about this movie that I enjoyed. I don't know what Yeah, see. Well, uh, and first of all, thank you for this uh, cold brown. You're welcome. It's so delicious. Yeah, enjoy. Um, I wonder if the tinkling of ice in a cold coffee is a cozy, comforting sound. It has to be, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, maybe when people hear that, they can take a, a drink of their own uh, cold brew. Yeah, cold brew, hot brown, whatever you're enjoying. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean. I. I think it. It was fair of us to to adore this movie for a bit before you. You brought out the uh, shark in the room, which is the yes, the psychic Ellen Brody's psychic abilities <laughs> that seems to have uh, um, random uh, applications. Like she senses it at one attack and then another attack and nothing. Yeah, what do you think uh, was it, if you had like a, a big lunch that day? It's <laughs> it's harder to like hear it, or maybe it helps you have, have a, a psychic link. I don't know, but I read that there was a plot line in this movie that I think is present in the novelization, where Mike Brody upset a voodoo witch doctor in mm-hmm. the Bahamas, and he curses the family to be beset by this shark so that's why the shark follows Ellen okay down. i believe i yes i heard that, that right? before um that's um, it doesn't make things any better <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you think if that was in the movie you would like that or love that <laughs> well it's weird because you know if you haven't listened i think it was the last episode or the one before we talked about how we're adding Orca to this series mm-hmm. yes. we're doing. And I did watch the trailer for Orca and Orca is a revenge tale as well, but they set it up pretty nicely in that Orcas apparently are monogamous and mate for life. And so Richard Harris kills one of the, this is just in the beginning, kills one of the Orcas and it's mate gets my mate pissed. for life. Yeah. I mean, I would too. But yeah. That was my forever love, Richard <laughs> Harris. <laughs> but we don't know still what this Jaws in this movie is in relationship to the prior Jaws. Now, I think in the Jaws, the novelization of Jaws 2, there is some evidence that Jaws 2 shark was Jaws's wife. This in is that Jaws. She was pregnant with his child or children. Okay. So. Okay, so Jaws 1 is a boy. Jaws 2 is his wife who's pregnant with Jaws 3D? No, because Jaws, that's a different shark. So that, again, still backs up my case. And if you're in Patreon, you can fact check this. If you're not, you're you're shit out of luck. You can't get to us. We've already been corrected. Uh, Jaws 3 is his mistress pregnant with his son as well. Jaws 1 is a real fucking philanderer. Yeah. (laughs) But I think maybe it's safe to assume that Jaws 2 has her children prior to attacking them in Jaws 2. And that child just grows up to be Jaws the Revenge. Oh, that's good. What do you think about that? I well, as I told you before, when I was a kid, I I saw them all as just spawn of the each of the last one. Yeah. So that lines up also with what my gut tells me, which is like 
these could all be kind of like kids floating around from previous. So yes, I, so, 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 is it the married, <laughs> the spawn of married Jaws? Yes, Jaws. Not Mr. Not yes. the spawn of a Jaws Mr. the Revenge this is, is Shakespearean. Is Jaws's legitimate child. Lil Jaws in Jaws 3 is his bastard son from his mistress, Jaws 3. This is, I love every bit of this. <laughs> and that's their names, Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws 3D, Lil Jaws, and Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> yes. So just to recap, Jaws, male, Jaws 2, female, has Jaws the Revenge prior to Jaws 2. <laughs> I like that just because she came first, we think he married her, but not... The, the mistress. Okay, then go on. Jaws has got a side piece. They have Lil Jaws 3. Lil Jaws 3 dies in captivity. Right. Jaws 3 dies um, by a grenade. <laughs> a grenade. Jaws 2 dies by power line. Jaws 1 by eating a, a oxygen tank of bullet at the same time. Jaws, Jaws and Jaws 2's baby by sanctioned... By sanctified by holy matrimony, Jaws the Revenge, which we could also call H2O because he's like Michael Myers in that he travels across countries to get to the the woman he's chasing. Yes, and also how it skipped some sequels. <laughs> no, it did, yeah. right? Right? Because they're cutting out Jaws 3 from the lore here in the Is same it? way that they're cutting out. They cut out four yeah, and five from Halloween. I think ultimately you're right, but that's not entirely clear because I also read that they tried to get Dennis Quaid back and the, the what was her name that played the main girl in Jaws 3D? Oh, um, the mom from My So-Called Life. Yes. Yeah, that's her SAG name, registered <laughs> name. Apparently they tried to get both of them back for Jaws the Revenge. Uh, Didn't happen. Now, all that you have to believe for this to be canon is that they were just recast and that, was her name Kathy you know in the movie? Do you know what that's like? That's like a, a, if it, in a photo book if somebody was like married or had been in a relationship and they're in a group photo and then they like broke up with the person so they like scratched their eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're looking through the Jaws like photo album, you'd be like, why are Dennis Quaid's eyes scratched out? They're like, he was never Michael. <laughs> it was always <laughs> Jeff East. <laughs> <laughs> what was his Lance name? Guest? <laughs> Jeff Jeff East. That's close enough. I'm thinking of the Superman guy who he reminds me of the Clark Kent before. Oh, yeah. Reeve, Jeff Eastman. So all we have to do is believe that if I can't remember, is her name Kathy in Jaws 3D? Yes. Yes. Sorry. The character's Kathy name is Kathy. quit marine biology to become an artist. That's the only real difference. And that, and that um, Mike Brody went from theme park security to marine biology. He stole his wife's career. <laughs> yeah, he did have to go from like, you know, I, I know I get paid lots of money to build underwater domes for SeaWorld. Yeah. But I got into this because I love marine life. So I'm going to go study <sighs> yeah. them. And Sean Brody went from moving to Colorado back to Amity Island and also became an exhausting personality. In, in Jaws 3D or in Jaws the Revenge? Jaws the Revenge. 
Sean, you thought so? Just in his, just, there's he was exhausted there's just something in his little just, like, just always kind of on and loud and high energy that I would, I just found him exhausting. And, I liked him. <laughs> so much that I was like, this actor is good because he's just giving a thousand percent. Well, he's just always joking with his mom and I kind of wanted to go give her a break. She's about to go on a major, she's already lost a husband. I I think I was like really, I, I might have liked him because of the... And this is the reason I liked him. It was because of the surroundings. I liked the cozy house he was in. Yeah. And I liked um, that kind of like fire, the stone sort of, it wasn't revealed as a fireplace, but it was like a stone kind of like pillar mm. in the center of their living room. And, you know, they're talking and, well, dinner is getting made. Yeah, that it's was Just nice. like the atmosphere was, was nice. So, yeah. and then uh, we'll get to it. But Sean's death, I think, is really good too. Yeah, so, like, his, 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 the, the, my love for his death kind of rubs off on me liking him as a character. It seems to me that there was some talk that they were going to try to get Roy Scheider back for a cameo, and that would have been to kill him in the beginning, and that maybe Mike's death was actually supposed to be Brody's death. Um, Martin Brody. That'd be weird, I think. Yeah. I, it would have made sense. The weirdest part about this movie, weirder than Jaws follows them down to where they moved or that she can sense them, is the son's weird hang-up that his mother is has a crush on another on a man. Yeah, that's his problem here? Yeah, so... Who's a... Per- well, oh, I should mention there's a uh, deleted subplot about Hoagie running drugs. He's a drug runner. And so maybe Mike oh. knows that. Well, let's say that Mike doesn't think his his mom is falling in love with a drug runner, but just a yeah. nice tourist. You mean part. as presented in this film? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also, eh, that's not a Michael's business. If that guy's a drug runner and his mom likes it, eh, you know, it's kind of like, I'll be honest, I never really like it when... Uh, People talk about their parents' business. It's kind of like, they're two people. Let them have their... Yeah, it is weird that he's all up in her romantic life. Yeah, I so, will say that just between the drug running and the inveterate gambling, there might be a red flag. Yes, yeah. I, I'm fine about, uh, hey, there's a mom, I see a red flag. Yeah. But uh, cutting in on the dance, like easy partner. Uh, it's oh, real the, Oedipal. The, very I mean I wrote it down in my notes at a poll yeah uh, I did at the very beginning because uh, it was I had to remind myself to call grandmother <laughs> uh, <laughs> I immediately wrote it down and drove straight to my mom's and danced with her uh, the, the thing I was gonna say was if it had been Martin Brody Roy Scheider who got killed and mm. a week later, She's shacking up with Michael Caine. I could understand the ah, drama. That's probably then. what it was. It was probably vestigial script left in there from yeah. that, and the fact that he was a drug runner and an inveterate gambler, and she had just lost her husband and is ready to just shake down with old Caine. Yeah, like he saw that she she, she was going to shake down with old Caine. So he, <laughs> then you know, after Scheider just got uh, the bites, 
This is like our like jar, <laughs> like our uh, what's that British? Oh, Cockney uh, slang. Yeah, slang. Yeah. yeah. After Scheider got down the bites. After Scheider got the bites. <laughs> he's gonna shake down with Kane after Scheider got the bites. <laughs> he's moving his teeny weeny with the ampules of Lorenzini. <laughs> It does make me think this ampules of Lorenzini energy thing is the deal. And we are trying to figure out who is Jaws responding to. Is it in the Ellen lineage or the Brody lineage? And it's clearly the Ellen lineage because he follows her all the way down. I know Mike Brody's down there too, but. Oh, I, I still think it's male Brody blood. You do? Yeah. And she's just caught in the middle of it. I guess that's true because he's best. like comes up to get Sean. Then he's like, I did it. Oh yeah. I'm still sensing something. It's far away. And it's Mike. Yeah, and maybe it's after Mike comes to mourn Sean's death that mm, he's that, given off big. That he's like, ooh, there's something else. There's another energy. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I I uh, get you about the uh, uh, yeah, like I said, the sharks of the room. That like she has a psychic hookup, and then the shark follows her. Both of those things. Here's my. <laughs> Fix. Okay. Oh, I'm listening. This is all they would have to really add into Jaws the Revenge, and it wouldn't be as ridiculous. Now, granted, I wouldn't have thought of this unless the tone of the movie as it is kind of like made me feel like, oh, if they just added like a scene or two, it fits in with the tone of this movie that's pretty serious. They're not like being cheeky. It's that every morning Ellen gets up and just takes a bath and chum <laughs> and doesn't rinse off. Yeah, it doesn't find that remarkable to people she knows. She's just like, in her mind, chum bath, okay, then I come back. Guys, I think a shark's following me. You get away, you look and smell like Carrie at the end of the movie. <laughs> what if in the remake of Carrie, they drop chum on her? <laughs> in the Carrie Jaws multiverse. Uh-oh, I feel a sneeze coming on. Oh, boy. Must be allergic to Carrie multiverse chum. jokes. At the end of Carrie, a fin comes out of the ground and not... <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. I sneezed inside my shirt. Thank God. Yeah, in these post-COVID times. Yeah. The allergies have really gotten me. This really? Is, I'm surprised it's the first time I've sneezed here because I was... Oh, no. <laughs> sneezing the... Before I... <laughs> wow. Wow. Is this our first on-mic sneeze? Because I, I have so I'd many probably, of them. Uh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Maybe I, uh, what's the, um, what's those shark sensors you talk about? Ampule of Lorenzini? Is there a, or a sneezy break <laughs> oh we can God, take? Oh my God, I'm worried about you. Oh yeah. <laughs> take a Laura sneezy break yeah. and blow my nose and we'll, we'll be better. We'll be right back. <laughs> it's Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With Corley and Rust. We're back and Paul is unfortunately no longer with us. I died of sneezes. This is my little angel. I have a halo above my head and I'm holding the mic. And uh, um, I just realized I opened the windows if you hear a little fountain to ventilate it. But is that worse because you might be getting... Uh, no, let's do a little fresh air. That's nice. Always okay. love a little fresh air. All right. Well, tell me if we, um, we need to close it. That's a, a, a what Terry Gross will say on her deathbed. Oh, he's like a little fresh air? Yeah. <laughs> My own show. Yeah. <laughs> She's looking back on her life. <laughs> that was stupid for me to say. <laughs> uh, so, oh, the, the the thing I'm in my fix. Yes, I'm, I'm dying. This is a good, good we had a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, that sneeze. Gosh, re- Hollywood has to remember that. Yeah. Use a sneeze as a cliffhanger. <laughs> At the end of movie, Empire yeah. Strikes Back should end in a sneeze fit. <laughs> uh, uh, the taking of Pelham uh, one two the original uh, uh, has a, a really good sneeze Does ed- it? ending. Yeah, I don't uh, remember that. As far as sneeze goes, yeah. Walter Matthau or Robert Shaw? I think uh, Matthau hears a sneeze. Oh yeah, Matthau hears a sneeze. Doctor Seuss's ill-fated spit up. Matthau hears a sneeze. <laughs> Uh, okay so you know how rosemary's baby is like i've never seen it oh um okay you know how like um uh (laughs) rhonda's toddler (laughs) got it okay you know how the movie rhonda's toddler love it (laughs) won't watch the other one it's shit so Rosemary's baby is um without spoiling anything it's like one of its ways it's effective is if you're somebody who doesn't believe in the devil or whatever like you can watch this and think oh she this could be all in Rosemary's mind she's paranoid yeah. she's suffering from some uh uh PTSD. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Ellen is at least. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh and uh for most of the movie, that's like part of the fun of watching it is like, is this real? I love Rosemary, so I trust her, but I love her too, in the sense that she if she's going through something and making this up, I feel for her. So it's like so I was just thinking with Jaws the Revenge, if like they just did like some sort of like just a scene or two of like the shark. Like there was a point where Jake says a shark has never been in the Bahamas. A great white shark has never been in the Bahamas before. And that made me think like they should have said like, I'm not saying this is a great fix, but just like 
a great white shark comes every 25 mm. or 50 years. It's just like a oh, very so there's rare a thing. Plausible coincidence factor. Yeah. That you could still believe in. And yeah. so when she's like getting whipped up about it, I, I, I'm, well, I care about her, but I keep going like, well, maybe it is just a coincidence. And she is losing. And if she's losing it, that's okay. But if this shark is really following her, uh, and she believes it, then maybe I gotta believe it too. It's just like makes some yeah, dramatic tension. That's a good idea. Uh, and then as far as the psychic hookups that she could sense her kid is dying or when Jaws attacks, that's I can't. Uh, no, also, no fix for that. She also has flashbacks for which she was not present. <laughs> yeah, a flashback to the ending of the first Jaws and the death of Sean at the beginning of. Yeah. And was she there for the Roy Scheider and the kid at the table? At the very end, she she was. Oh, but my goodness, that the scene in this one. The replay, yeah. It was so long, man. Oh, boy. In the original, it's maybe like 45 seconds. This one, I'm not, I clocked it. I went back and I looked how long that scene was 12 minutes. No, fall. <laughs> but it was long. But it it's funny long. how they also then talk about that. Like, you know how you like to repeat the, or like imitate things with your daughter, just like you used to do with your dad. Like it's a Brody family tradition. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. in that way. He's like not like most of the time he's not really clued into that the daughter is copying him. No. He's just kind of like sulking at the end of the table. And then at the very end, he notices that he goes nuts. He's like, rah! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and the mom walks in on that and sees it like she did before. So do you think Michael... Right, right, right. This isn't like the mom going like, <laughs> wow, they do this and don't know <laughs> that they're repeating it. <laughs> it's Michael being like, Oh, I remember I did this with... No. It's Sean. It's Sean, but yeah. Michael's doing it with his I guess daughter. that's they, why she says that, to kind of make it thing, seem like, oh, this is definitely something we did in our family. Why? Like, what did she, she say? She says, like, oh, we used to do that with your... You and Sean used to do that with your dad. Ah, okay. I so that. it's like a real Brody pastime to sit well, around and imitate dad. Maybe my favorite bit of exposition of uh, how to connect... Uh, the, one of the Brody boys uh, to 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 was um, when the mom says, "Ellen says to Sean in the first scene, your dad was the tomato thief." Oh yeah, what? The kid steals weird, like a tomato. Weird passed down. It makes me think that yeah, they do have some genetic energy that sharks are picking up on because this tomato thievery, really, tomato thievery, mimicry, ampules of Lorenzini, chum pheromones, whatever the case. Uh, uh, oh, cops. Yeah, maybe J- Jaws is just uh, 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 ACAB. Meaning the rhyme scheme? No, all. all- Oh. All cops are bastards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the rhyme scheme is very sweet, Corley. I don't deserve to do this podcast. No, I like it because I imagine like uh, somebody was like at a protest uh, uh, and it's, it's all ACAB and like a poetry professor walked into it and was like, 
the children are loving the rhyme scheme. <laughs> what a strange rhyme scheme, too. The first and third lines rhyme, but the second and fourth don't. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm, I'm so loopy today, so I'm just going to lean into Are you into kidding? It. You're yeah. cracking me up left, right, and uh, um, center up the ocean. <laughs> uh, should we start with a little loco loco? Loco logo loco? Yes, yes, please. The- um, um, Oh, 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 uh, one, one thing I did want to ask before Logo Loco, if I, if I may, um, uh, so the Jaws movie franchise is notable that there's really only four and there hasn't been any more. And most of these franchises, like there's more than four and as far as we know, there's no end. They could keep, there could be as many leprechauns as our hearts want. Yeah. And with this concept of this film, you can have as many Jaws movies as you want. Just the kids keep coming after. The yeah. Family. Yeah. And more, more sharks. Yeah. Uh, and who knows how many mistresses Jaws had? Oh my gosh. I mean, he was like uh, the Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> of, not to say that Wilt Chamberlain considered the mistresses the women he was, but he slept with a lot of women. Yeah. The original Jaws, I think this is like in that original Peter Benchley novel, was that Jaws was uh, sleeping with many sharks at the yeah, time. It was the mid-70s. He, he was hitting it. And this is- And not just sharks. In the book, but also in real life. I, I think he was going like Studio 54. He was, he was big, because he was a celebrity at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah, and oh my God. He was like always at CBGB's- and like that one time he came up on stage during a Blondie concert. Oh, yeah. I wish. That's just like back when you wish people had iPhones and something could have recorded oh, that. Because I guess he came up and danced yeah. to Heart of Glass. There's that one photo of Deborah Harry, Jaws, Andy Warhol, and Vern Troyer. <laughs> I've seen that photo. But he was a baby, so he was a mini, mini me. I've seen that photo. You have? Yeah. Tell the truth. <laughs> well, I just noticed that they're all wet in it. I've always wondered that. And then I guess it's like Jaws didn't ever want this scene, but he, you know, to stay outside, he constantly just needed buckets of water dumped on him That's to keep right. him breathing. And so I think right before they took the photo, they dumped some water and a bunch of people got wet. That's right. That is right. Yeah. Troyer, uh <laughs> Andy Warhol and Deborah Harry. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe Ariel the Mermaid was there too. I can't remember. She was yeah, pretty young too. That, I think she was there because oh, she was because I remember thinking it was weird that like an animated character was like walking around with like real flesh yeah. uh, human beings yeah. in Studio 54. Yeah. <laughs> she was like I think she was like 14. You and I were waiters at Studio 54 we were, back then. We yeah. were, and you were, this was 87, so how old were you at the time? In 1987? Yeah. Uh, I was six. That's right. And that was part of the big thing, was like they had kid waiters at this place. Yeah, they would dress them up as like adults. It looked funny. <laughs> Shit service, but the novelty yeah. never wore off. People loved it. People thought often compared it to you know like in cartoons when Elmer Fudd would play a waiter, just this sort of yeah. that, that size. And uh, yeah. I was thirteen, so I was head waiter. Remember, uh-huh. and you you were working under me, 
That's right. Six year old. Yeah, you were a great boss, though. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we would. I remember getting so excited when Jaws would come in. <laughs> um, but it was always like, which Jaws is it? Because you know there was the five. You always knew it was a little Jaws 3D because he was tiny. And yeah. He had all his teeth and claspers. <laughs> yes. First we, thing we do. We wouldn't mention the claspers at Studio 54. We wouldn't. But the first thing when they'd show up to the velvet ropes to get in is we'd check for claspers. Just <laughs> just to see we could narrow it down which Jaws this was. Yeah. And, and if, then Jaws – sorry. Well, Jaws 3 – the mistress was very apparent because she had that big burn on the side of her face. Uh, no, Jaws two has the burn. Does isn't it Jaws three the mistress because the lady burns herself up with the gasoline and she gets burned for the that's rest? true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and, but we talked about this the same way back then. We, 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 were, <laughs> right. we were just trying to figure it all out. We weren't sure. Well, remember that year, um, nineteen eighty seven? They did a tie in. Studio fifty four did with Jaws: The Revenge, and we had to call it Studio Fifth Studio Fifty. Why did we call it? Because they made us cut the four, like Jaws 4. Oh, that's the right. <laughs> I know. It was Studio so weird that they did that. <laughs> it made no sense. And it was really hard to understand. I can't believe they did that. Do you remember when they made that Studio 54 movie with Mike Myers? Yes. Can you believe the bullshit that they didn't put Jaws in there? <laughs> that's how it, like, I dismiss that movie. Out of hand. Because that movie it's like, was, this is bullshit. It wasn't how it was. That was fam- That movie was famously uh, Harvey Weinstein came in and recut it and like would do mm. that with Miramax movies that didn't test well. Oh. People's visions would be changed. And so the director uh, got to recut it and release his like director's cut of 54 oh. in the last 10 years. And there are so many Jaws scenes in there <laughs> now. Like he's at the bar, he's thank uh, God, thank God, he's at a take a water take at one point. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> I never even got to add. the point I was getting to. <laughs> was that there's only four Jaws movies, yeah. Now, before we did this Jaws franchise, we did four franchises. We did uh, oh, yeah. Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, we did Halloween. We did Nightmare on Elm Street, and then we did the Alien movies. Right. Which of the four Jaws movies <gasps> are the <sighs> four franchises we previously covered? Wow. Now we we could either say which. As I asked that, is it the figure? Is it the Michael Myers? Or is it the franchise in total? I think we usually do the figure. So let's go with that. Like which movie? Yeah. Which Jaws movie is Michael Myers? Which movie is Jason? I Borges? think I have it right off the bat. Let's hear it. Okay, Halloween's the original. Halloween is Jaws. It's one. simple. It's Jaws one. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth was you know the kind of copy of in a pleasing sense of Halloween in a way. And that Jaws two is young people on water. Uh, a group of young people on water dying. Uh, like. The crew in Jaws 2 could easily be a Friday 13th Exactly. Crew. Now, here's where it gets a little trickier, and I'm open to suggestions, but I think because Ellen Ripley's kind of having nightmares and and paranoid visions and stuff, it feels more like a Friday, I mean, a Nightmare on Elm Street 
And Jaws 3 is kind of like you have that underground, almost space station sort of thing feels a little more alien to me. What do you, I I could see going either way though. Well, I think as we um, maybe previously discussed, there was a Den of Geek article about the making of Jaws 4 that I read that was really good about, and you just saying Ellen Ripley reminded me of this. So, but that Jaws the Revenge came out of when Aliens was successful. They were like, oh, the idea that you could bring back a movie with the central female lead looking for revenge against this like creature. Oh, yeah, that trumps it. You're right. So I think Jaws the Revenge might be an alien. It's got to be. Yeah. And her name's Ellen, for crying out loud. Yeah, her her full name is Ellen, for crying out loud. (laughs) Before she married the Brody. Ellen what? four, the number four, which is crazy. <laughs> she must have been outraged that they dropped the oh four. Of her Jaws I'm surprised Revenge. they let her in the movie. Uh, so then that leaves Jaws 3D with uh, Nightmare. Okay, so how do we connect that? And and we have to. So how do we do this? Uh, well, it's a little flimsy because there was a 3D Friday Thirteenth movie, but. There was a 3D Nightmare on Elm Street movie. There was? Um, Freddy's Dead. That was 3D? Oh, the great. Final Nightmare. Well, we did it. Hey, all right. <laughs> logo, Loco. Pretty classic Universal logo. Oh, yeah. Um, no music or sound, though, underneath it. Just Speaking silent. of that. Uh-huh. I haven't listened to it yet, but a podcast I love called Art of the Score, which does an episode on great scores of movies, has a new episode out on um, uh, studio franchise fanfares. Holy shit. So I thought you might really. Oh my God. That. Well, I never even knew about this Art of the Score podcast. So oh, it's ding, great. Ding, ding, ding there. Oh, it's And great. then studio fanfares. Oh my gosh. Ring a ding, ding, ding. Art of the Score is great. It's these. Australian guys and they have a keyboard while they record. So they're always talking about like, oh, this is why John Williams did this. But listen, if he was to do it in a major key instead of a minor key, it would be this. And you could see how that wouldn't work. And that's cool. It's great. Yeah. uh, I got to check that out. Well, yeah. So this did no, no, no music here. And uh, um, this movie. Yeah. Like I referenced the Den of Geek thing. It was like this movie was greenlit. I think. Fall, late summer, uh, fall of 86, and then came out summer of 87. So it was like, hey, let's do a Jaws movie, then written, then made and edited and released uh, 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 less than a year. So when I saw, I heard that before this movie. So when I saw it, I didn't have music over the over. It was like, because they ran out of time. <laughs> Maybe. Except the score is pretty beefy in this, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Uh, they use, I mean, Jaws 3D barely yeah. use the, the, the hey, shark it's theme. It's nice to get back to the shark theme. Y- yeah, and I liked how it was used. Uh, it was nice and uh, bold yeah. at the beginning when... Um, that opening when the water, uh, the POV of Jaws underwater, and then coming up this out of is the, the water. First time we're imagine what that looks like from the other angle of Jaws I, just kind of peeking his head up above water. 
And then you actually start to see it because I get the feeling with the the animatronic of this shark in this movie, it just goes up and down. It didn't really ever go side to side. Well, that I know it's not, but when he's coming up, it does kind of look like the Amity Island set at the Universal Studios. Yeah. And so him coming up and out is also, to speak to your point, like how that ride comes out. So <laughs> yeah. it'd be funny if they just hooked a camera on top of that thing. <laughs> and in the corner, you can see like... Uh, dumb shit like nine year old me like looking at me like that's cool <laughs> that I did notice the, the backdrop the universal backdrop and I will say that um, the the ocean one yes yeah. and I was on the tram tour it must have been 88 or something mm-hmm. after this movie had come out and they take you by that and the water was all blue and the sky was painted on that huge huge backdrop on that lake and they said that's where they filmed Jaws 4. And I'm thinking that's probably the time I saw my stuntman friend, Bob, at the stunt show, maybe, or even before that, but I've seen him, I think, a few times. And then I have a slight update on my- On Bob Rochelle? On Bob Rochelle. Okay. So if people are just joining us for the Jaws, the on Jaws the Revenge, Matt, as a beloved stuntman who I've fallen in love with too, Bob Rochelle. Yeah. Okay. So update. Update. Yeah. He's since passed away, unfortunately, 2008, but I'm dying to find out more information on him. If you have any, let me know. But a wonderful listener hit me up on Twitter. His Twitter handle, I believe, is just Ivan Drago from, I don't, maybe it's the real Ivan Drago. Who knows? But he found reviews of when Bob Rochelle was in high school plays in Long Beach. There's a picture of him. And then, I found a second YouTube video of his stunt show performance and the guy who put it up there, I commented on and said, Oh, Bob was had such perfect timing. Whatever happened to him? And he said he passed away about 15 years ago. Didn't give me any new information. He said another stunt man did. And I, and I said, Oh, that's so sad. And, and, um, did you know, Bob, was he just as funny? And I kind of got the feeling like his, his response was like, yes, all of the men were funny. Like, like, don't uh, oh. don't defame the other men. And I think he was a stuntman as well. And I don't know if he was feeling like Bob was getting too much attention or what. So I haven't felt right about pursuing that angle anymore. It's somebody be like to Chevy Chase, like, what was Belushi like? Yeah. He was like, well, me and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray all <laughs> enjoyed working with him, okay? And I felt bad, but I just like, oh, yeah, I finally have someone who But you found a him. new video of another, yeah, of the same stunt show, uh, same stunt show, different video, yeah, um, from like a different angle, just a, a or it was actually posted by one of the guys who was in the stunt show and knew where to film the whole thing. But it's the, the original one is still the best one, <laughs> and then. I saw my uncle last weekend who was in Long Beach at the same time, but he doesn't know. (laughs) You asked somebody, you were like, do you remember Bob? Uh, Later I thought about it when you were like, uh, was it your aunt asking her if she went to school with Bob? Like he was a couple years older or something? My my mother-in-law. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Sorry, your mother-in-law. That point in Zodiac when Jake Gyllenhaal goes to the prison. To the woman and he's like what was his name and she's like I don't remember his name was it Jim <laughs> she's like no <laughs> it wasn't like I don't know desperate. if I remember him was he funny <laughs> what plays did he do 
Did he make you laugh in, in class? Tell me, woman. I know you know. Don't hold out on me. So what were the play reviews? What would, did he importance do a little barefoot in the part? Okay. He did importance of being earnest. And then he did something where he got singled out. But He was on an episode of Singled Out. <laughs> and studs. <laughs> oh. but what I'm dying, I'm most dying to know is what he did in Vegas those last years where he worked at the Best Western Mardi Gras Hotel, which I believe does not have entertainment. So did he just work there? This is the mystery. Like, oh, wait, because how was it listed? It was just like... In his obituary. He was an employee at... It just said in his... uh, Like at a certain point, he moved to Vegas where he worked at the Best Western Mardi Gras Hotel. And I looked that up and there's no entertainment venues or anything. It's kind of a smaller, almost like a motel. Huh. Anyway... (laughs) So yeah, what? Because the first thing I imagined was yeah, by the pool they have like a stage, and he comes out and <laughs> Rose shells it up. He does his stunt show routine. I could have sworn I could be wrong. I've uh, told the story. I'll, I'll tell it in clock me two and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, my friend Rick and I, when we're thirteen, this was the summer of ninety. Five, so I was fourteen. We go, we him and his his parents take us to Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, like going up and like hang out there, and uh, it was fun. And uh, we stayed at this hotel, and by the pool there was this like quartet of singers. <laughs> I don't think you've told this. Okay, and uh, they were like, me and Rick were teenagers. On this trip, we're never going to be back at this hotel again. We think these guys are the biggest cornballs in the world. And we're like loving it. And nobody else is like watching it. So there's an extra like level of like, this is pathetic and funny. And so we're like, you know, it'd be really funny if we like ask for their autograph afterwards. Ha ha ha. Like make them think they're special and we'll get their autograph. And then so we got a piece of paper and a pen and then... One of us had the idea of, you know, it'd be funny is if we fold it over and we write like a statement. And then there. Did you do that before you asked them to yes. sign it? But they're not going to see that. Yeah, it'll be folded over. So their autograph is like signing like a contract and agreement oh, <laughs> statement. God. What did you write? So we wrote like we hereby declare we suck or something. Yeah. <laughs> we like like we're the suckiest. Uh, Cordy probably wasn't getting used in our vocabulary, but it was lamest. Maybe that's what it was, or dorkiest. It was some are pejorative for what it was in reality. What it was because there was a point where a guy like was like singing, stood up, stood off from the other three. And like, there was like a little fake street lamp and he kind of like leaned on. I was like, Hey Jude, no, don't make it bad. It was just like so corny. So, Oh my God. We, the show's over. This is going over two and a half minutes. I'll try to be fast. So we go over to the lady and we're like, we, 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 we go up to one of them and we say, (laughs) 
can we could you get autographs we're so nervous and and nervous they think you're nervous because <laughs> you're among stars but yes. you're just like will this will this pay off oh god will we succeed? that's so funny in her eyes she's like oh my god we've really touched these kids they're like shaking just like so they get the we go could you autograph this and get the others to autograph it and she's like sure do you want to come over with us uh, and we'll autograph. You can meet everybody. And we were like together, and without speaking, we both said no. Like we knew that that was a bad idea to go over because then maybe it gets unfolded, and then we're like stuck there when they read it. Uh-huh. So she was like, "Okay." So she walked over, and we watched them walk her walk over to the group. I'm on pins and needles right now. <laughs> so we're standing there I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> More than my Newark airport terror threat story. <laughs> I seriously, am. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea which way this is gonna go. And- so me and Rick are standing there, and like 20 feet away by the indoor pool uh, stage area, this group of four people are like getting, she's bringing it over to them, the piece of paper. And we see them like start to unfold the paper so that they can sign it. And Rick and I are out of there. We're just like, we dart out and we start running and we're trying to get back to his parents' room. And, we're like giddy with like, oh my God, what did we just do? And then like, I'll never forget the whole way where our room was, the corner, we just had to turn and we could get in the room. Before we turned the corner, the woman we gave the piece of paper to was standing at the end of the hall, holding the piece of paper. And she went, we read what you guys wrote. And we're like, ah! <laughs> we took off and then hit in the, in the room. And that was it. Wait, did she seem mad or like like uh, your kids? Or- uh, she seemed not mad, but probably hurt. more sadly hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The irony oh. is, like four years later, Rick and I were in a dorky, like singing and dancing choreography group that had to perform at like town oh, festivals. You were and cursed stuff. by fate. Yes, we yes. Fate cursed us. She put a curse on you. Wow, that's it. But I hope Bob Rochelle never got treatment like that. I don't. He was a if he was a performer. I doubt it because I I don't see how he could have taken that angle. He was always he was always (laughs) Jesus Christ. I've just fallen in love with this man, and I don't even know what's going on. You know, I could imagine for him is like some maybe guys in like retirement who are good at like gambling just like like to live in vegas and they make money and they can kind of get to live off their winnings and live a life they want to i've invented this life for him that when the stunt show closed and it went to the new stunt show they hired young people and it was just a young man's game it's crazy how much i've just projected on this guy i just i know i love it all and it is interesting when you think about the like split between with stuntman that it is like um i'm speaking very broadly and generally and not with my own experience uh just saying all this but like to be gay in the theater community in the 80s would be more open and acceptable and then stuntman it's like Stuntman is this kind of weird combination of theater kid and jock. It so is. to have to like ride those two lines would be uh would is is it interesting? Yeah. And let me disclaim that this is pure conjecture on right, my right, part. Right. I because I I 
I have no idea. So this is all spitballing and conjecture. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all done uh, lovingly. So yeah, lovingly. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just... I just adore this guy for some reason. And so. Ooh, maybe. and his name, if his, if he didn't go by Bob, Robert Rochelle. What a he, cool He does name. get introduced in one of the shows that way as Robert Rochelle. That's yeah. a great name. Yeah. Rochelle Rochelle. <laughs> was, uh, Rosanna Dana. Listen, I feel like I've taken up too much real estate on this podcast with this and I apologize, but. What are you talking about? I told the real estate with Newark Airport and but that was Holiday a, Inn. a uh, first degree story. I'm like eight. I don't even have a story here. <laughs> no, I love the Bob Rochelle oh. updates. And it like when you told me that you saw a second video, it was as if like <laughs> Zapruder's <laughs> wife also had a camera. I was it's, like, what? It did feel like that. Yeah. I'm ever closer. Well, should we take a pee break? Yeah, let's take a um uh Oz. Oh, can't say four. No, you can't. The pivenge. Jaws. Mm, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> let me think. Uh, the jaws. The pee plunge. Jaws. The oh, speaking of plunge, the pee plunge <laughs> is really good. I was driving through Torrance the other day, and I passed a public pool that was like clearly built in the sixties or the fifties, uh-huh. and it had a sign that said like I can't remember the name, but it was like the Robert P. Brenstein Plunge. Like the pool is called a plunge there. It wasn't even a pool. Like it was like a civic Whoa. metal lettered sign that said the you Old know this timing. benefactor name. And plunge, like come down to the plunge. That's wow! Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I th- they should bring it back. The thing I, um, uh, I thought you were gonna say, and I was literally last night was making made this joke to my wife. She laughed. I just want to say, you know, I could. I, I made a joke that made my wife laugh. Just bragging here. No, that's big. <laughs> I, I feel like a major victory when I when that happens for me. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, for both of us, just side note, I, I can laugh with my wife all the time. We crack each other up and isn't it one of the great blessings yeah. of a long-term marriage? Yeah, that's if you true. can laugh about the same stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, uh, I said, um, do you remember those, I got this little hair on my nose. Do you, do you remember that sign sometimes at pools where it would be, Oh, welcome to our O O L. Welcome ooh. to our ooh. Notice there There's is no, no P in, in the it. pool. We intend to keep it yeah. that way. So yeah. I said to Leslie, "What if you saw a sign that was like, welcome to our P L?" And there was two spots, and I was like, uh, "Notice there are no uh, two O's in our pool. Please don't orgasm in our pool <laughs> twice. Yeah, please don't <laughs> orgasm twice in our pool." <laughs> Welcome to our poo. Notice there's no L's in it. Please keep your fucking Chicago Transit out of our pool, goddammit. <laughs> so we just had an L, though, and it was like, keep your poo out of our pool. <laughs> <laughs> your L Transit. Okay, I'm sorry. So I like us keeping with Oz yeah. for Jaws. So Oz, the pee plunge. I think it was really good. I don't think we're going to do better. We'll be right back. With Wally and Ryan. With and rest. So should we go through this guy? Yes, yes. So uh yeah, we began with uh logo loco. What's your what's your first uh note after the logo, my friend? Uh, we've covered it, but a Christmas movie? A what? A what? A Christmas movie? A holy night. I guess I was like 
as soon as Sean got out on that Dino's, I put it together that he wasn't going to be with us. And that was what was going to set this whole thing in motion. Yeah. Uh, Sean gets it. He's a cop now, like his dad. And uh, yeah, he, uh, this, that kill is really good. Cause I, I think about how it's like, Ooh, the water's really cold. He's, it's a little bit of a callback to the first death of the first Jaws, but like the fact that he's screaming and a party's going on mm. and like a choir is singing. I just thought all the atmosphere for the death was, it seemed particularly like, um, like, yeah, cruel. Yeah. I couldn't tell Harsh. his arm was cut off at first though. It was weird. Yeah. That was They're odd. Just like, jarbled mess but <laughs> yeah what was the idea that like jaws bit uh what are we calling this one jaws um this is just jaws the revenge the name of the, the, show, the, show, jaws, the yeah. so jaws the revenge when he bites he he bites that guy sean's arm and then sean falls back and it's just kind of like st- stumpy bleeding yeah and this jaws more than any jaws is a precision like sniper bite jaws he could really hone in on things like that yeah. lady on the banana boat Oh, there's only two deaths in this movie, depending on or three, depending on which version you watch. Right. So the the woman on the yeah the inflatable banana boat thing. Yeah. And then Sean. Uh huh. Right. And then Jake. Right. If depending, you if the, yeah. depending on the version you saw it. Now, um, I saw the version where Jake lived. Me too. But then I watched. The second version, which is way better. Yeah. Just yeah. Should we just talk way. about that right now? Sure. The alternate. Yeah. I think we need to. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the 800 pound shark in the water. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, Jake coming back is already so corny, but just the way the death of Jaws is executed in that version is Ooh. way better. Yeah. And that seems to be, I mean, this was the version that I watched off of whatever iTunes or something. So, and I think this is, uh, the one that gets aired that came out on video. So it's the one that people have more seen yeah. than the theatrical one. In the theatrical one, Jake stays dead and Jaws doesn't blow up. <laughs> from Blow from, up using footage from the first one. Yeah, but also is doing like weird stuff. Remember like with that weird model? Yeah. Like the tiny, like, and... It's like there's shark chunks coming off, but it's so the scale is so bad because it's yeah. like different than the ship and it's different than the water. I guess the the movie came out, got pretty hammered, and they thought for the European release, let's fix it. So it was already out in the States and they reshot okay. Jake's survival and I think retooled the way that Jaws died. Cause so okay, so they were like, let's remake it so that it's happier that Jake survives, and then also we'll give a more spectacular death to Jaws. Because when I watched the original theatrical death of Jaws, uh, it was, I know he doesn't blow up, but I thought it was pretty cool that mask goes through his neck, and yeah, he's I like that was better, squirting blood everywhere, and yeah. he's like writhing on the thing. I yeah. thought that was cool. I know, and it was cool that Ellen like spears him. You know, yeah, I yeah. mean she does in the other version too, but yeah, it's more deliberate and effective that way. And Jake dying, like, hey, I like Jake too. It's a bummer that he died, but that's the whole point. It's a bummer that he died. Yeah, it's like, uh, um, that I feel like that ending is more powerful. That like you're like, oh, oh yeah. if Jake dies, the you know, 
This is huge undercutting because when they show Jake died and he was intended to die in the original, he's being eviscerated by this shark to a point where you couldn't, he's just lying like in his mouth, like a hammock of teeth. And the fact that he just kind of comes back later cracking jokes with a little bit of a shoulder wound is hilarious. Yeah, I don't uh, use this term very much, but that movie is like straight up gaslighting us with <laughs> like, by being like, you didn't see Jake get eviscerated yeah. by Jaws there. He's just bounced out of the water and he's Fountains okay. of blood were pouring out of him. And I like that death too. So yeah. it kind of in a retroactive way, it undercuts it when he survives. It's yeah. not as cool then because, yeah. yeah. But yeah, if anybody could survive that death, holy cow. Yeah. Um, uh, what if they'll reveal later that, like, Jake is secretly Superman? <sighs> this is like a backdoor prequel <laughs> spinoff. It's, they planted the seeds so long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, uh, so you prefer, I prefer the original theatrical um, ending. With, yes, yeah, me with, too. The U.S. version, I think, is what a U.S. DVD as opposed to the international TV. <laughs> it was confusing. Yeah. It's so confusing. Yeah, but people should check it out in that. Yeah, next November, vote. Yeah. It's your power. Vote That's on right. which ending you like. Rock the vote. <laughs> yeah, above all, rock that vote. Uh, yeah, and then right when he's coming up and out of the water, uh, ooh, Back to it, it uh, it's not what what was John Williams' theme before? It was like the shark theme or something, wasn't it? Jaws theme, and well, then they said it was sh- this one time. Now it says theme from Jaws, which I thought was the classiest way they yes. put it because in Jaws 3D, yeah. it was like, Oh, yeah, that the, jark, that the, shark music, yeah, that's yes, right, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> um, and then. Joseph Sargent produced and directed this. Okay. Just when I saw that credit come up, it's his last movie. I got to say, I do feel like he's trying to bring some real style. Like, you know, if the part two was workmanlike and three was incompetent, like Jaws 4, it kind of has like the style of what I'd want Jaws 2 to have been, which is like, just bring your own like attitude yeah. a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, everything you read about Michael Caine's role in this is that he basically said he only shot for a week. He got $1.5 million. And reportedly, someone asked him about it. He goes, you know, I've not seen it, but I hear it's terrible. Uh, but I've seen the house that it built, and it's terrific. Uh- and But I watched a Jaws, the revenge behind the scenes video and he's being interviewed and he's standing by the plane on the runway that's in the movie. And he's like, you know, the thing that's different about this movie is we're getting back to characters. We're getting back to people. And he's totally selling it. But you know, he couldn't care less. But I think that actually was the intention of this film, whether that's successful is up for debate or maybe even not. But you know, yeah. they did really try with relationships and characters and yeah. family and, you know, yeah. for, 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 you know, varying degrees of success. But well, yeah, there's a lot of um, anguish in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Michael feels a lot of anguish. The mom feels a yeah. lot of anguish. And like, it did make me think like uh, there are two, maybe not as easy as this, but like when it comes to bad movies, there's kind of like two kinds of bad movies. And it's like either that they uh, 
take themselves really seriously mm-hmm. and it's they the joke is kind of a little bit on them because they don't know that they're taking something seriously that they shouldn't and then there's I like both of these kinds. I, I don't know if I have a favorite between the two. And then the second one is it's poorly made. It's sloppy. And it's kind of like, because you can tell everybody involved could give a shit or yeah. it's just like a little like, and so, or it's amateurish. Uh-huh. Uh, this one I think is more of the former. Yeah. Like people might think, or you could call it a bad movie because they're so like anguished about, the shark keeps following us. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, like I said, I don't know which one I, I like because I kind of like the latter type of bad movie because they're goofier mm-hmm. and they're just more fun. And like the one thing I was worried is like, if this movie gets too serious, it's going to get like dour. And I'm like, I'm watching, this is supposed to be a stupid shark movie. Right. Okay? Like, Good point. But I got to say, it didn't ever like cross the line into dourness yeah and there was a couple of moments i actually found effective when even though it's weird that she has the flashback of brody and sean doing the little mimic thing Mm -hmm. just her context of what she's going through in that moment because that moment's so good in the original Mm -hmm. it moved me a little bit and then when they're on that boat and she they're, they're all kind of laughing early on and she just pulls off to the side of the boat and starts weeping in a way that you would when you've lost something and had that trauma that it would just hit you in a second like that yeah i thought that was pretty good yeah i did too and i was just like oh that's a moment that like we were missing in jaws two and three like those sort of like human behavior like the mrs kintner moment in the first movie yeah so effective and that's funny that she's in this too and the other couple of women that uh, Where's Kittner? So I saw the, the I saw the shop owner and then the secretary, the former. Yeah, those two. Um, when Michael arrives in Amityville and comes to the house, and Ellen's out on the beach staring out into the ocean, she's the woman uh, that comes up to him. And I had my eye on the the. Um, I'm sorry, I just don't think that's funny. I really, I just don't think that's funny. The, that woman from the first oh, Jaws. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't even notice there. Mrs. Kittner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's kind of the main one talking in that scene, I think. So it's, is this just because, uh, in the late eighties, probably women were far outliving the, their generation's <laughs> men. Just like, yeah, we could easily get the secretary, the Sergeant Brody's secretary. I, I did read that they wanted Murray Hamilton for a cameo, but he had died. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Uh, and Richard Dreyfus was right, kind of having his comeback there with like uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh and yeah, Tin Men. And, he was uh, supposed to do a cameo too, where I think he was going to be on the phone with them or something again. I don't. That's remember what it, so great. If yeah. he was like, uh, he came in to confirm everything that she believes. He's like, it's true. <laughs> everything is true. I've been looking into the research. Trust and, me, I'm a scientist. Yeah, sharks can revenge. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. It's their favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so then um, I like that little fake out they did with the, like, it looks like Jaws's eye, but then it's like a oh, fish yeah. being broiled. In yeah, the, um, that's the, like the opening basically coming out of credits, right? Yeah. Now, what I didn't like was when they opened up that fridge door. I'm sorry. Hunt's ketchup? 
instead of Heinz, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you like Hunts? I couldn't tell you. Oh my god, it, I could you, tell you. You know the difference? Yes. I can tell in your face, man. This oh really moves you. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I'm here for you right now. If it's a little bit of a Coke Pepsi for me. So it, but not it, as much, but it must be a product placement thing, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't take any of Hunt's money. <laughs> Shower me in that Heinz money. What am I talking what's about? Hunt's difference? is the underdog. I should love Hunt's. But what's the forget uh, Hunt's it? Hunt's is great. <laughs> what is the difference? Hunt's is just inferior in quality. Yeah, I think it's even trying to like ride Heinz's coattails by calling it Hunt's. Like you're oh, going to get yeah. confused right. and be like, yeah, I remember it. Instead of like a plural H. They're there for the uh, accidental purchase. We'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, I just didn't think the Brody family was a Hunt's house, okay? Uh, I just wonder if this is a regional thing, because I, I don't know. Could that, be. I mean, I guess I was aware of both brands, but I never, I couldn't tell you one in a taste test. I think I could differentiate Pepsi and Coke, but I don't think I could do the two ketchups. We need to do like a blind... Hunts hides oh, taste tests for the for the listeners for the at Patreon least. For, for the, the patrons yes yeah the trustees. Uh, now I did think, um, and then then that like, kind of tomato related. She said your dad was the tomato thief. Uh, you know the tomato thief, like the hamburger, but yeah. for tomatoes. Now, when I saw the Brody's, my fourth Sean Brody kid. Okay, fourth actor. Fourth actor. Wow. I was like, these Brody boys have been recasted as frequently as those Griswold kids. That's right. But the Griswold thing became intentional at some point. I don't feel like this was ever truly intentional. And these ones are really fluctuating in age. Fluctuating age and look and behavior and... And uh, regressing in age even. I feel yeah. like both were younger. Yeah, are they Benjamin Buttoning? They must be. The, the Brody boys? Oh my God! Are the Brody boys Benjamin Button? Eh, Brody boys been Benjamin Button. With the fabulous Biker Bros. God, if they had gotten Jeff and Bo Bridges to play the Brody boys, it's not too late. Is it? Isn't is Bo Bridges still? He is. So they should just do it right now. So they'd have to deny Jaws for. Excuse me, Jaws: The Revenge. Oh my God! I am so embarrassed. I'm going to go just shove Hunt's ketchup in my mouth for punishment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if they brought back, maybe that could convince uh, Steven Spielberg to let them use the Jaws brand if they really class it up. And they're like, they're like, Mr. Spielberg, he's like, yeah, I'm like, we want to do a new Jaws movie. I'm hanging up. No, 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 wait a minute. You know those Bridges brothers? And then he's already, because he's a genius, Spielberg would mean. You mean as the Brody boys? I'm in. Too bad this wasn't done in the 90s because then Lloyd Bridges could play Martin Brody because Shatter wouldn't come back. That's so weird that then he was in, Shatter was in Sequest DSV and Lloyd Bridges was in Sea Hunt. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's why this never happened. It was too close to home. <laughs> they were that's rivals. So absurd. They were rivals. They couldn't. <laughs> that's why they never were able to make Shider stopped, Sh- stopped at every turn, going, "There's no way my arch nemesis Lloyd Bridges plays my role, even though I do not want to play it anymore." 
Not only am I not going to that party, you can't have that party. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the uh, I notice Sean gets his finger cut in the kitchen, a la the beginning of Jaws. Remember when he runs in, he's got a sliced finger? Oh, I didn't notice that. Um, wow. I think that was probably the most intentional thing. Do you think they use Hunt's ketchup for that blood? Easy, easy. Right. Don't even start you talking got, about claspers. You, you go. <laughs> Clampers? Why do I call Claspers. Claspers. Yeah. Claspers and Hunt's. That's my uh, <laughs> nightmare menu item. <laughs> Uh, Wait a minute. <laughs> Someone's serving you, which they probably are edible. I don't know if they're cartilagenetic or whatever Ew. the word is, cartilagenic, or they're just like fatty tissue or whatever these claspers are. So someone's bringing you a plate with two shark claspers <laughs> doused in Hans oh. ketchup. I imagine this is like at Planet Hollywood and they have like the Jaws of the Revenge like yeah. plate. <laughs> Serious question. How much money for you to eat two shark claspers just soaked in Hunt's ketchup? Oh, Serious question. Lord. And no shame. You have your own. Everyone has their own price. Like what's the lowest I would the go? The lowest you would go. I hope you don't have Fear Factors Joe Rogan behind <laughs> the door here. I'm going to have to Um, I would say... Ten thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> is that bad? No, that's you. Every there's no everyone's price is everyone's price. There's I would bar that other people do. I couldn't do for less than ten thousand. Though I'd do this for a hundred. <laughs> you would pay them a hundred, so you'd be I able would. to do it. That's I like would. a hundred dollar dish right there. Class person hunts. Maybe ten thousand is a little too much. Today's back. special is um, shark claspers doused. In, excuse me, drizzled in this <laughs> Hans ketchup. It's so good. Oh uh, well, we're in Paris, so I guess this has to be a uh, uh, high cuisine. Let's eat this claspers okay. and hunts. You look on the menu, and the cost is plus ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you get paid. I get oh. <laughs> I could get used to Paris, France. <laughs> so um, the Ellen's look, that kind of permed uh, Bob, that's like fatal attraction too. Mm. Like, yeah, I just, that hair is never going to come back. I don't think. Yeah, I hope so it does. I love that haircut. And is it kind of blonde and black because it's dyed blonde? Too is there like is that kind of oh, going I on? I guess so. Not black, but you know but what I'm saying. Roots, it's not like yeah. yeah. I always had crushes with girls with that haircut. Yeah, it's almost like a 1920s kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's similar to also color and shape um, as uh, your um, uh, the part eight Friday Thirteenth Part Eight girl you like. Oh yeah. That was the late 80s. That was a time for some real permed up yeah. action. And I'm typically not a perm kind of guy, but that kind of haircut with those curls worked. Yeah. Ooh, Catherine Hicks, I think, has it in Child's Play as oh, sort of like one of those. Um, let's bump up Child's Play on the list of franchises. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say, I think Penelope Ann Miller might have sported yeah. the haircut. She, that seems to be like 
her look yeah, was that. I think you're right. Did Valeria Golino have this at once? I think she did as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know there was, yeah. Well, now you just mentioned two of the actors from Big Top Peewee. That's right. Penelope and Millard. So, okay. So then they go to the police office, the police station, Sean, uh, Deputy Sean Brody. Yeah. Now, did you notice that picture a.k.a. headshot of How Roy Scheider. How could I not? Was what huge. was up with that photo? I don't know. That looks like the it was from Martin Brody's agent. It had to be from Jaws 2 because that's when he was wearing that safari shirt. They must have taken it then because I know he wouldn't sit down for a photo for this movie. If you look closely, yeah, there's like a Jaws 2 stamp at the bottom. Uh, but, yeah. but he has that. He's showing his arm, and it has the Amityville patch from Jaws 2 on it. Is that when Scheider looked his best? Did we determine that Jaws 2? or In the Jaws franchise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. In the Scheider-verse. In where... the Scheider-verse? <laughs> yeah. Did the Scheider-verse, what, what, what's the best he's ever looked? In the Scheider-verse? Yeah. It's it, oh, Marathon Man for me. Oh, okay. Because he's wearing these like... Early '70s suits that are like somewhere before the '70s gets just kind of unleashed. Uh-huh. There's just a, a vestige of the '60s thing, so it's kind of nice. tight around the waist and the shoulders, but then flare out at the bottom. But he looks so good in that. Movie. And and would you say the best style in Jaws: Revenge was Michael the the son? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was Jake wearing only Bahamas tourism clothing. No, uh, he had a shirt that said something like this shirt. It was like a dirty word was scratched out and replaced. And uh, I was like, that's the opposite of what most shirts do. Most shirts go out of their way to find a way to get dirty. This one was cleaning things up. Uh, (laughs) uh, Do you... uh, We'll we'll get there about that (laughs) shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now, uh, uh, when he gets attacked at night and he bites his arm, he gets all bloody, the choir singing. I love the like, um, oh, I said cruel, but I think also like vicious, like the attack feels very vicious. Yeah. And also I love like the lurid kind of red light that's like. Off, shining off the dock and lighting the kill. It yeah. does feel like a lot of care, especially compared to Jaws 3D. One thing I'm thinking of is that it, to buy this revenge plot, why, what took Jaws so long? Martin Brody dies of a heart attack, we learned, but the, Mike says it's out of fear. But Jaws didn't like go like, I'm just going to, he'll die of a heart attack. I don't need to go after him. But He's been waiting years. Presumably, Sean goes out in this boat quite a bit. Yeah. What's well? I mean, I guess we I know answered it, it that it's Jaws 2's son or daughter, and it's just waiting to mature into a lethal killing machine to get full teeth, full jaws to be able to like do damage. Yeah, kind of like how Vito Corleone waited for so long to kill the the 
you know, Sicilian mafia don that killed his father and mother. See, I was thinking it was like sort of like, um, oh, I like that. Yeah, like when I get strong and when yeah. he gets strong, then he's going to come and get you. I was thinking it was like maybe like the BTK killer where he went dormant because he had to like raise kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they went off to college, BTK killer was like, I'm bored. I'm going to start. BTK ended up again. I didn't realize that's what it was. <laughs> I could be getting some of it wrong, but I think, yeah, like some killers like go dormant. It's like basically like their version of like the party dude who's like <laughs> us to chill out. Like, ah, I got a reason for that. We can't be running around uh, killing people anymore. And then when the kids go to college, they're like, you know what? I might just pick up murdering again. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's maybe what Jaws was because the wait here is four years. Yeah, that probably feels about right for a great white to mature and start losing its teeth, you know? Yeah, and uh, live a little, you know? Maybe he swam over to Europe and backpacked. Probably did, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Came back wiser. Experimented sexually. <laughs> <laughs> Got his claspers dirty. <laughs> dirty. No. Um, <laughs> I do remember I'll re always remember Dirty Claspers the other thing I'll always remember is I do remember um, uh, and even though this murder it is chopped and edited so you can't really see much what's going on yeah. I think that's intentional so you don't oh, have to yeah. look at the bad what effect or whatever was yeah. happening but I I remember this death because this was as I said before I think in our previous episode this was the moment where we were watching it on HBO at a friend's house and my friend was like, I don't want to watch it anymore. This is scary to oh. his mom. And I was like, fuck, oh. I want to watch this. This is so yeah. cool. And so we put on the chipmunk adventure movie, Whoa. the animated like full length chipmunk movie. How old were you guys? Um, so if this was on HBO, this would have been probably like 1988. So we were like seven. Mm. So he's right to want to watch cartoons. I'm right yeah. to be okay to watch something yeah. like Jaws level, I think. I yeah. think. Right? Yeah, I think you guys have just diverged. You've moved ahead a little bit. He was the friend, and I still uh, – he's still my friend. I still love him. Uh, but he was the friend who admittedly he was like it took him the longest to – he didn't understand watching a movie that wasn't animated. Yeah. It was like, no, movies are for car. What are you, are you crazy? We're going to watch boring people? like Adult movies? I don't yeah. want to see adults. I want to see cartoons. Yeah. Um, so, but I, uh, so yeah, I was heartbroken that, uh, but hey, Chipmunk's Adventure was pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched it. The animation's really good, Gourley. I believe it. We're covering it next week. <laughs> Do you think they have claspers? I know they do. <laughs> you know they do. Paul, you're the only male without claspers. The world's been hiding it from you just to make you feel okay. <laughs> oh, it's so kind of them to not let me feel the pain of being clasperless. Um, <laughs> claspers, the friendly ghost. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, now, then... Yeah, this just all this uh, by the point of this death, I was like, this just feels like a serious and dark version of a Jaws movie. Yeah, because when he's screaming for them and the yeah. music's just going on. Yeah. And then 
Michael with the beard and the sweater, he shows up yeah. with his daughter. Um, Lance Guest, actor La- Lance Guest plays Grown Up Michael from Halloween 2. And Last Starfighter. And Last Starfighter, which uh, I watched a, a bunch of times when I was a kid. I liked Last Starfighter. Did you yeah, like I did. The Last I did. In fact, I remember reading the novelization of that as well. Oh. Yeah. Um, did it have a... Um, maybe... I'm sure the movie does. I just haven't seen it in a while. Why he is the last Starfighter? It must. I don't remember. You don't remember a book you read 40 years ago? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we should talk about this little girl. Do you know about her? Yeah. It's so sad. Judith Barcy. Is that her? The actor's yeah. name? Judith Barcy. Yeah. Long story short, her dad was an abusive father and horrible person, apparently. And kept threatening them and I you get the feeling Judith was earning the money for the family and he was a plumber and they stopped working and then not long after this killed both Judith and um the mother and himself and then set the house on fire. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, and it's like uh this that is horrible. And it's also around the same time that I think the poltergeist girl died. So yeah. these sort of like 80s studio friendly thriller movies. They just like also just child actors. That just seems to be like uh, can be a yeah a sad very role. sad. I just had never heard about her or this. I heard about her first because of uh, I think I was reading something about Land Before Time, and she does a voice on that. Yeah, because she worked quite a bit, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and she's in Jaws of Revenge, which like uh, I I don't say this like in a, a, like a, a pithy way or something, but like um, it's weird that the character she's playing in this movie is like I'm in the grips of like a megalomaniacal father who's like doesn't have my interest yeah like there's a part where um when he finds out that she's been attacked in the bay he goes oh that's why and you're like yeah dude i can understand not wanting to tell people about a shark because you don't want to alarm them. But then the other half of that equation is then you keep them out of the water. Yeah. He just never once thought about how like, oh, maybe my daughter shouldn't be go swimming it around and I should warn or like come up with some excuse. Yeah. His character is confusing in that sense that he's so doesn't want to tell his mom to freak her out. But like you said, he doesn't warn anybody, any innocent people swimming in the worst waters. part of the movie. I would yeah, say is his yeah. character and like the scenes that are circled around. There are maybe four or five scenes about, I'm not going to tell them this. Yeah. It's really, it gets really boring. And it, it reveals like how quickly this movie must've been written. Yeah. Like if you're just like doing the same kind of like scenes two or three times, it's just like, yeah, that's true. It just feels like when in third grade people would have to write stories and it would just be like, then it had to be like a five-page minimum. It was like, then they went and got candy. Then they brought the candy back home and emptied their bags. Then they went out and got more candy. Yeah. <laughs> or it would be like describing a monster. It would be like, God, 
kids' stories when I was a kid, like when people read their stories, it always centered around the amount, the number of body parts they had. <laughs> so it would be like, this monster had five eyes, two noses, four mouths. Like, God, we're going down the body part genre route again. <laughs> Give me something new, Nikki. <laughs> there had to be this movie was an hour and a half. It's pretty short. They yeah. could have, but if they would have cut all the times they're talking about that same thing, oh it would have been God. even shorter. But they must have really lost a lot with cutting the drug smuggling and the voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, it's funny that you said the voodoo because I did notice that they said um, they make a reference to um, mom once Michael uh, she said you you can't go back in the water I don't want you to get in the water and he's like but I just got this grant and they reference how she thinks the shark is going after them and he says you can't trust that voodoo yeah um, so if they would have kept the voodoo scenes, if they had shot them and kept them in and kept in the drug smuggling things, that would have added some more stupid. So that, <laughs> yeah. that would have been good. I know. I would love to see it. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you think, um, I wonder why the drug running thing, does it just make Michael Caine less likable? Or? I guess. And, uh, I don't know. His part is so... I don't know what to make of it. Cause yeah, what's this character? It's like, I've been doing this a bloody long time and I got to give it up, Jolly Roger. I just want to go and fish. Yeah. I, it feels like it was supposed to be cast with someone way different than Michael Caine, but they just got Michael Caine when he would do anything mm -hmm. and they wanted a name and that's clearly what happened. Yeah. If it was, you're right. It does feel like it should be somebody who's more, um, like Sam Elliott or something. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, I was going to say just more, Hey, Michael Caine might be roguish, but just somebody more roguish who yeah. would seem threatening or like, like James Woods or, uh, yeah. I'm not advocating for him being, no, but James Woods would have been really good in Jaws the Revenge as like the, like, um, I don't know how we fully. I it, it's in there because I guess it's just like Ellen Brody's the star of, of the movie, and she deserves her own story. So she gets a sort of a love story about learning to love again. Yeah, but his role isn't really necessary other than the piloting. Yeah, and he's like his license should be taken away. He relies too often on the like, and we're going to end this little trip with a, a thrill ride. <laughs> the houses get bigger. Why is he Australian? <laughs> what did you say? The houses get bigger. The houses get smaller. <laughs> Has right. Michael Caine, I bet he's, he's done a couple Aussie movies. He doesn't seem like he ever verges out of his accent. No. Well, he, um, Famously, his first crack, I think, at an American accent was the one that he got um, his second Oscar went for Cider House Rules. Oh. And when it came out, I feel like he talked about how he resisted for the longest time because he was like, "There's everybody hates when you can hear somebody's uh, phony accent. Yeah. He didn't want to risk it. 
but then he did, and he got that Oscar gold. He did during this movie we talked about last time, too, that he was shooting this movie and couldn't go to the Oscars to accept his Oscar for Hannah and her sisters. I mean, I'm glad he got a second one because then he got to like experience like being at the Oscars yeah. and he didn't have to like live like, oh, I spent it in Jaws. But like, look, I'll never be in Michael Caine's situation to know how this feels, but I think I'd kind of be like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. These days, I mean, especially. Yeah. You mean not going to the Oscars? Yeah. 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 I mean, when people don't, want to go but they do go is it like the anxiety of like oh i have to go to this party because they invited me and if they throw another party i won't be invited i guess there's that industry any kind of industry party that is sort of networking just sounds like it would be uh, absolute hell speaking of absolute hell i watched the scariest horror movie i've ever seen oh no woodstock 99 that documentary did you see it i haven't watched it yet but it's uh pretty grim it's just my worst nightmare the music the music the situation the crowd non-cozy non-cozy the anti-cozy then i watched for the first time blowout i'd never seen (sighs) blowout it was really good hey all right my man Yeah, yeah 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 uh what was um any favorite parts of Blowout? Well, I didn't know that they were referring to a tire blowing out in that title. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Did you think it was about a hair uh, going in and get I your hair I guess I thought it was like blown out film like or something. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize. But yeah, it was it was an intrigue. It really reminded me of those like Alan J. Pakula like paranoid thrillers. I yeah. thought it was more of a horror movie. I didn't realize it was a cool kind of man caught in a conspiracy of intrigue and it should yeah. have had one of those names like the like this movie should have been called like the the like the, like the yeah what's the the the, the, the senator's name the senator assassination yeah or whatever. Yeah, yeah or like the the audio conspiracy or yes. the, the uh, magnetic tape <laughs> who done it jesus i'm useless today <laughs> Uh, I think you're useful. Full. Uh, you know what's so stupid? I I didn't sleep well last night because for the f- I've been sleeping well, and so I bought a Fitbit to track my sleep, and mm. I was so conscious of trying to sleep well that I didn't sleep well. <laughs> for the first time last night, I'm tracking my sleep, thinking like I got to perform. A Fitbit tracks sleep, huh? The, yeah, the new one ones oh. do, but not when you're not sleeping. That it's like. What was it? That Fitbit anxiety, but also maybe visions of Jaws. Could have been visions of that model getting torn up. <laughs> um, now, uh, I like the detail that when she's going to cook, she keeps some of the pots and pans in the oven. Yeah, I used to do that too. I don't. We don't do it anymore, but. I've been to places that do that. Yeah, she was really throwing those out of there, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was an odd moment where Michael and his wife, they're on the beach, and then he just kind of runs away. Yeah, he can't take it no more. I think that was like, we have to give him some moment of grief for his brother. Well, let's just do it real quick. I just, if I was him, I wouldn't want to run on a beach with a beard and a sweater. No. Too dewy. (laughs) There's a point where they say to the girl, I'll give you a funny bone sandwich. 
And do they mean like a knuckle sandwich? I've never heard of a funny bone sandwich. Neither have I. Okay, how much to eat a plate of Claspers, Hunt's ketchup, and a funny bone sandwich? Uh, My price admittedly goes up. You don't have to answer that one. Let's go on. 69 doozleberries. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, you mentioned it before, but can we quickly talk about how she was like, your dad did f- die from a shark. From a heart attack, being scared of going into the water. He died from fear. Yeah. <laughs> Not from the packs of smokes. He was obviously smoking yeah. through all of uh, Jaws 1 and 2. And all the booze. What do you think the that meant? Like, the fear. Like, he woke up one night in the middle of the night. He gave a sleep, and then he woke up, and he was like, Fins! <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. She has a dream. She does. Yeah, she has a little nightmare. Remember, yeah. she's like out in the water. Yeah. And then she wakes up. <laughs> when she wakes up, she's like, ah. And then her granddaughter's like, uh, grandpa. Yeah. Well, because that comes right after she's admonishing the daughter for swinging over the ocean. And you don't right. know it's a dream. And you're like, hey, what a hypocrite. Yeah. How come she can go in the water? God, dreams can make us real hypocrites, can't they? I wouldn't know, thanks to my Fitbit tracker, I didn't dream at all last night. Gosh, you were supposed to endorse Fitbit, and now you're saying they take away dreams. I know. Well, we'll see. I'll give an update next week. Um, now, I thought um, she, uh, when they're at the funeral, um, you know how when you're at the funeral, you'll sometimes have... a. Uh, sepia-toned memories of previous oh, scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. All my memories are in sepia-toned because they exist in the old-time past. Yeah, at an amusement park when you take the old-timey photos. Yeah. Uh, Every memory I have is in cowboy clothing. It's also from an angle that wasn't my perspective, but edited <laughs> the way it was in the movie. Um, the um, Now, I thought... So she just has this sudden decision... To go with them, like to get yeah. on the ferry, like she's not even going to go home and pack. It, it was just like, let's go to, we're going on the ferry. They're like, do you want to go home? No, I'll just get on the ferry with you guys. Meaning did, like. Did for, she didn't go home? I thought they just said the ferry's at 430. Like we need to decide if you're going today at some point. Oh, so she could have gone home. And, I think so. Because the suddenness of that, along with like Michael Caine, did not get like a star reveal at all. Like, right? He did They're on the plane. It just cuts. I had to like notice him. I was like looking back at the people in the back, and I was like, "Oh wait, Michael Caine's flying the plane." I wonder if that was cut. Like maybe before they take off, he's they show him putting cocaine in a little secret passage or something yeah. like that. <laughs> right, he puts it, it in there and like, it starts that's where me cocaine goes. <laughs> <laughs> it starts at his feet. It tilts up. Cocaine goes in the secret chest. And then, and then he turns around, takes off his sunglasses and goes, that's for more, more cocaine, guys. <laughs> Hello. They also, I remember now, they do make a reference where the son, Michael does ask something like, what do you deliver? Yeah. And he goes like, laundry. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe. Yeah. White laundry. Yeah. But, yeah. Snow white laundry. <laughs> he was like, snow white cocaine laundry, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but then um, uh, that's where Hoagie 
as his name is. Mm-hmm. Great name. Good name. Hoagie has to, he shares that he has to work for the rest of his life to pay off his gambling debts. <sighs> Red flag. And then we and later see him at the casino. And losing a ton. Ah, ah, Hoagie. And yet when Ellen and he have that first goodbye, like they've had to spend the day together. Yeah. I'm like, Hits him, you fool! Yes. The magic here. Enjoy your life. Well, I couldn't ever track love. when they were boning. If they had kissed, like the first time we see them kiss, is that the first time they? they I kissed think so. Ever? Wait, did you, I never got the sense they were boning? Did you? Maybe it was just me. Uh, You're a hopeful shipping heart. them. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever write any erotic fan fiction for those two? Because the second I turned this movie off, I just started. Oh, for just the for Hoagie and Ellen. Yeah, it's the greatest work I've ever done. Yeah, and it's a shame that because of um, rights issues, it'll never be brought to screen. <laughs> but um, it involves Hoagie 69 Jaws. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> claspers, the Claspers. Class one, class, class bomb, bomb, the Claspers. Class bomb, the Claspers. Um, now, I did notice... Um, Hoagie does seem a little jaded about the island. Um, like he's like, you've seen it once, you've seen it a million times. Oh, yeah. What and, does he say? The first time you see it, it's great. But yeah. then every time after, not so good. Yeah. So it's looking like he's in need of a little spark himself, maybe. Yeah. In a candle known as Ellen Brody. I think because he's just out fishing every day. He's clearly just uh, an empty nester, or probably his wife and children don't speak to him because he's a drug running. <laughs> probably and, and more daredevil like, on the plane. Yeah, like one too many times he did tricks. Or like we were just trying to get him to the hospital because he needed his appendix out. <laughs> I think that honestly, he had a family before, and they have cut him out of their lives. Yeah, he doesn't even refer to them. No, like, and and when somebody even goes like wife or kids he pretends he doesn't know those words he like overcompensates <laughs> what is that is... no when they get there you mentioned the um i love the shots when they got there on the island with the um the driver singing the christmas song oh yeah i love those big long decks uh, yes. out on waters that's all that imagery is really cool um i didn't feel like this is the first time. So Jaws three was like okay. The, now it's in slasher mode. Jaws four had this like touch where like I felt like the music and kind of like um, tone was more like Nightmare on Elm Street sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It has that feel a little bit. Like, yeah, you said yeah. that earlier. It was yeah. like kind of like the haunting lullaby music. Yeah, and then also that it's kind of like phantasmic yeah i agree uh like her understanding of the shark is almost like freddy is this like as a force or yeah. something um mythic um now uh uh i did think it was pretty dumb <laughs> that ellen is so scared of sharks she's scared of art that resembles sharks <laughs> it's pretty stupid Really stupid, yeah. Um, I'm scared of snakes, but I could look at an Adam and Eve painting, no problem. Yeah, and how did she go into that casino with all those card sharks? In there? <laughs> <laughs> what if she's like at the casino and she's like standing next to somebody who's like, she just think is not a card shark. 
and it's okay. And then as soon as he does something that's like <laughs> kind of so resembles that he might be a car judge, he's like, uh, I gotta get out of here. We've got to get out of here. Promise me you'll never go in that casino again. I can't make you that promise. You see, I have a problem. My, uh, well, I don't want to say wife and kids. I'm I- addicted to laundry. <laughs> Mine is a little Cary Grant. <laughs> little a, Cary Grant. That's right. Hello, I'm Widow Cary Grant. I'm just a widow guy who doesn't pronounce his R's and always looks dashing. Oh, I would love to hear a little Cary Grant's voice. Uh, that the title of that movie he did with Alfred Hitchcock, where he's North by Northwest. <laughs> yes. There you go. Were you scared of that airplane when it was flying over your head? Oh, terrifying. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't get me started on Mount Washmore. <laughs> okay. I, I, is it the fact that you're smaller? Does that make you more safe in those situations? No, <laughs> not at all. Lincoln is so big. It's time I grew up. And started talking like I'm supposed to be talking. What? My, you know, I'm the first to admit it. Gorley's voices are not on point today. I'm all over the map. I can't find it. It's this damn Fitbit. Look at it. It's just tightening on my wrist. It's just restricting me. Oh, I see it right now. Your veins are bulging. Oh, God. Your hand me. is turning purple. Help me. I'm so goddamn fit. Oh, <laughs> it's killing me. Now, do you think um, James's first line was scripted as, will you stop farting around? Oh, I'm sorry. Not James. Jake. Because what does he say? He says, will you stop farting around? <laughs> No, we're watching the TV version. I did read that he rewrote a lot of his own part. Oh, so maybe he did write the line, will you stop farting around? Maybe. I like that as an opening line. Will you stop farting around? Yeah. Um, Now, uh, did you notice this odd moment where uh, they ask, the grandkid asks, Ellen, if Michael was spanked when he was a little boy, that the the table gets quiet. She yeah. doesn't answer. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I know that's like I'm not going to chuck everything to this movie being made in like eight months, but that's like something that's just like why is that still there? Also, it is literally our lifetime in the history of mankind that spanking is going away, and so it's been present all throughout human development. Yeah. And so when there's even a mention of it, you go, what the fuck? God, Parents I hit their kids? It's going to be so wild that I got to, I'll get to say I lived in the generation that was pre-internet and like, um, I was not spanked. I was not spanked. I was. Um, but my parents were and they didn't spank me because they didn't like it yeah it was not fun (laughs) who wants to be spanked even if you've as a child done something wrong yeah it's hilarious it's not hilarious but it's absurd when you really stop like a generation well most people feel like that now like it's crazy to even think of it yes 
I've got family members that I've got people younger than me that spank their children in my family. And it's, I'm not trying to get, I don't even know if that's political or not, but no, it's, it just it's, baffles my mind that that's still a thing. Uh, this isn't entirely the same thing, but, uh, like using slaps and spanks or whatever to like discipline a kid is just, and I have a kid, so I can say this. Yeah. This isn't like a somebody who's the you know yeah. like it is a crazy thing to do because all that kid is doing is learning like oh when I want to get my way or I want somebody to be quiet I hit them like it's just it's such a bad like oh. thing to like learn. But it, the thing I was gonna say like the, the the dissidence of like it doesn't make sense to me is the same as um uh uh. uh capital punishment yeah which is sort of like hey we didn't like it that you killed somebody that's wrong so we're gonna kill you <laughs> like what <laughs> anyway that's the few times we get political here gorley where we can take some hot takes welcome to left left and lefter <laughs> somebody's like uh, you know, I stopped listening to them when I found out that they weren't pro-child abuse and uh, <laughs> pro-capital punishment. Can you believe Gorley and Russ don't spank their children? Can you believe that? I turned it right off. I turned it right off. And then I went and spanked my children. <laughs> I think I need to edit me out of every... Would this Would this episode just survive with just your part? If I just took my track out. If we cut out all the gorly drug running uh, scenes and the uh, my voodoo scenes, <laughs> yeah. would Jaws the Revenge episode still be 90 minutes long? <laughs> um, the, uh, um, I'm the um, domestic release ending version <laughs> of this podcast. Oh, no way, dude. Yeah. The, uh, now, the underwater... Um, there's a moment where you see a fake full body jaws swim <laughs> underwater from mouth to fin. Yeah. That I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's it is and this isn't even a slam on it. You can see the seams in the rubber mold. Oh really? I, I loved it though. Yeah. Cuz there's not for a second I'm really believing that's a real shark although it looks pretty good. Yeah. But I then I'm like if I know it's not a real shark Show me the seams. And I literally saw the seams. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's probably the most I've seen. Like, I haven't seen that shot in a Jaws movie yeah. yet. Yeah. So they I was impressed by that. that. Yeah, that's right. 12 years later of technology, I guess, like, uh, they could master that. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, like, the 12 years that, like, existed, like, just in Star Wars, like, the amount that they did oh, in I just, know. like, uh, six years. The shark should have been like... It should have been amazing. Yeah. But this feels like it was coated in foam rubber that was already starting to pill a little bit like underwater because it had like a rough texture oh, that the yeah. other ones didn't seem to have. Yeah. 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 Is this the sequence where he's kind of stalking Mike and Mike escapes? You, um, that was like a very Bond sequence where he escapes up with the... The um, scuba tank. He oh, the that's not off. the scene, but oh. I love that scene. Yeah, I did too. That was good. And it was also like, gosh, it took four Jaws movies for them to have a chase sequence with somebody in scuba gear getting 
like that's really scary yeah, like yeah. oh i can't if i look back i slow down so i just have to like move forward and like hope and pray that the shark like slows down or if i can hide behind yeah. something there was also that moment where he like uses it's probably not good for the environment but it, like looked for the, good for the movie where he kind of used like the coral reef as a way to like push himself oh, yeah. quickly and yeah. it kind of broke some off yeah that's some real suspense and then he goes right back in the water after that going like i gotta get right back on that horse and it's like well horses don't eat you yeah, and he wasn't going back down to, like, kill it. He was just going back down to be by it again. That was, like, <laughs> partly what was weird about this movie. It's just, like, repeats of, like, I'm going back down yeah. again. Mm -hmm. For what different reason? Because it's the next day. Um, also, um, in the same way that you talk about how signs always look so good in movies. Like, the what, like, oh, yeah. protest yeah. signs. Yeah. Uh, the Immaculate Sandcastle. Oh, I know. Grandma and I know. Though. I don't want to take anything away from Ellen and uh, Taya. Yeah. Or Thea or whatever uh -huh. it is. But they didn't build that. They didn't build that. No. That was production design. Yeah. We call bullshit. Bull Sandcastle bullshit. Now, when Ellen heard Jaws, she heard him roar. Do right? you know about this? No. So confirmed this is a shark roar this is again internet research but apparently the sound guy didn't want to bother oh to you mentioned this but yeah this is a new one to put oh. in to get like a new sound for this and the producers really wanted a roar so they literally used a roar from a tom and jerry cartoon as like an f u no, as a like we just gotta use something oh my God. what you hear in the movie is apparently <laughs> Some sound effect from a Tom and Jerry cartoon. God, if it had been the Jerry Howl, like the <laughs> wow, because <laughs> she hears it like when she thinks he's like Jaws is attacking, and so uh, it did seem like um, like that was the moment where I thought like, oh, they could be doing the thing of like, is that Jaws or am I going quite <laughs> <Yeah>. mad? <laughs> She looks at camera. <laughs> are you on this journey with me, or are you going quite mad? Instead of Jaws the Revenge, it's Jaws the Quite Mad. You know what I did love is that Hoagie starting to believe her, but it didn't feel like he believed her. He was just like, I'm so enchanted with this woman that I'm just going to – I'm not going to rule anything out. You know, have you done that? Like I've – when you love someone, like you're willing to have an open mind about things you would otherwise think are incredibly crazy. Well, you know? and also, yeah, I, not necessarily my because uh, I'm not Hoagie, but I was looking through Hoagie's eyes of like, <laughs> this dude has a new romance yeah. every week. Oh yeah, he brings him on a plane. Yep. Uh, so a woman either divorced or widowed or looking to cheat or something uh, meets this dashing pilot. Yep. All he has to do is land the plane, get off, and then like shut the fuck up for the rest of the time. So I was thinking how many times he's met people who are like, the mob is after me. <laughs> <laughs> or something that all he has to do is like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Just like, and then they have sex and then that's it. I'm not saying he's like, uh, you know, gaming these people. I'm just saying yeah. like, <laughs> it, it serves Hoagie. It doesn't serve Hoagie in that moment. No. To, when she's saying this to be like, 
Are you an idiot? You think a shark followed exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like a guy who works at Club Med and then hooks up with some tourist every week, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> a shark followed you down here. Right. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> right, yeah. I've heard of that before. I can, why am I going Australia? This is, <laughs> See, I can't tell the difference. My ear is so bad for it's that. It's because I'm also swallowing it because I know I can't do it right now. Michael Caine's the easiest impression to do, and I don't have it today. Maybe it's like... <laughs> Your impressionist erectile dysfunction. It is. It's just like, I'm all in my head about it, and this has never happened before. Do you think Frank Caliendo's like <laughs> wife is like? It happens to a lot of impressionists. They can't do Michael Caine. No, it doesn't. And that was Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember the Return of the Jedi commentary we talked now we're going not just remember Return of the Jedi remember our commentary where um, when C-3PO is doing sound effects to tell the story oh, yeah. uh, we, we were goofing on what if he was an impression <laughs> <laughs> that's right hoo-ah yeah, that the Ewoks all know that that's Al Pacino from Son of the Here's Johnny. <laughs> Hoo-ha! Nooch Vader. Um, now, uh, Hoagie shows up on a, on a dinghy, and then, oh, there's a moment when they're inside the boat. It's the first time that I noticed uh, Michael's dressed like his dad with a dark shirt and jeans, and... I thought the the way they were kind of set up in a tableau, it kind of looked like the original movie. I feel like, go with me on this. Yeah. Michael is half Brody, half Hooper. Oh, yeah. And Jake is half Hooper, half Quint. And together they kind of make that trio. Oh, yeah. I think that's good. Because Jake is also like Quint, like a local who knows the ocean and can be trusted as an ally to like defeat it. Yeah. But he also has the science know-how of Hooper, but it's also like Michael was kind of like, I like that my dad took things seriously, but I liked his Hooper friend, this Marine biologist. Kind of seems like Hoagie has written has a little quint in him too, that he was meant to, when you say he should have been more of a rogue, it does feel like he had a little bit more of that. I had to once turn at Subway, I had to turn in my Hoagie because I had a little quint in it. (laughs) I was like, why do you even have quint here? It's not a topping and it's toxic. Well, he was chopped up into a bunch of little pieces off the coast of Amityville. Oh, that's always the excuse. And our uh, subway cannery is right off the coast of Nantucket and a bunch of the stuff floated in and we had to use him. You know, if it wasn't for Jared Fogle, I would never eat here. (laughs) He's the only reason I still eat here. (laughs) Um, the uh, uh, okay, so yeah, I noticed too. Yeah, Hoagie wasn't jud- judgmental when she says, and I know she doesn't use a he or she for the shark. She goes, I know it's coming, I know it's coming. It intentionally came for Sean, yeah, because they w- she wouldn't until she sees whether he has class <laughs> right. or she doesn't, and then um. 
Hoagie lets Ellen fly, <laughs> and he takes her to a parade. <laughs> the Junkanoo. That was the name of the parade. I couldn't catch the name. Yeah, it's, it's they have one in Thunderball too. Oh, so this is it's another okay. little Thunderball connection. Yeah, is he? Is that Bahamanian? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that action sequence with Michael was straight out of, kind of Thunderball, like baby. It. Yeah, yeah, baby. Was Ian Fleming? Is this where he bopped around? No, Jamaica. He was big on Jamaica, and he had a home there called Goldeneye, where he wrote the novels. Right. Was Michael Caine ever floated as a Bond? I believe he was, and then he did the Harry Palmer movies, like the Ipcris File, and uh, it, but produced by one half of the Bond producers, Harry Saltzman. Oh, so it kind of took him out blood. of commission. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. sorry, you're not going to get on SNL if you were on Mad TV for no 12 way, seasons. Man. You got to choose. If they offer you Mad TV, that's a gamble you're taking. That's, that is a gamble. Michael Caine. Do you want oh Matt TV or Saturday Night Live? In the mid-90s when Michael Caine chose to go on Matt TV, I was like, you're blowing it. You could be on SNL, dude. In Living Color wouldn't have made one <laughs> voice. One voice. Oh, no. I've lost it all. I've got to get it back. I'm Michael Caine. I'm Michael Caine. It's good. It's not bad, but it's not great. Say, In Living Color would not have me. In Living Color. Oh, my God. I'm Michael Caine. You've got to do it like this. No, who am I? Yeah, that's right. No, I'm Michael Caine. I'm, I've, I've watched so many Michael Caine movies. This is embarrassing. No, 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 no. Also, to do the hackiest impression, like to lose the hackiest one. <laughs> no, I lost a hacky sack contest. How do you think I feel? <laughs> I feel you, man. I'm Michael Caine. I was on Living Color. <laughs> no, it was in living color would not have me. Sorry, that's, what was, that's what was. That's what was in so. living color. Would not <laughs> have I do me. like say the African in living color would not have me. Why can I do that? That's one of the hardest accents to do, this, and I did that, and I've never been able to do that before. Something's shifting in me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh man! Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Oh is God. the color that seems like a hard word to say in a Michael Caine like L-O-R words let me just go full cockney like this if I go really cartoony with it and I want to say colour that feels right colour colour in living colour will not have me nope <laughs> I can't I just have a block <laughs> my name is Michael Caine in living colour will not have me my name is Hoagie, and I'm from Australia. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying from laughter. <laughs> Living Color would not have me my Michael Caine. It's just going to there'll be times I'll be laying in bed, and I'll start <laughs> laughing about Michael Caine talking about home. Best I could do was go on Mad TV. No, who am I? Oh, my God. Mad TV. Who do I sound like? No human. <laughs> I've just got to go. Let me go back to something. I what can I do that is? I'm I'm afraid to even try Giger or Southern Bear right now because who knows how it's going to come out? It's like a um uh uh <laughs> Ted Williams not even wanting to go play baseball. No, I'm going to do Southern Lawyer. He's going to have like a Wisconsin accent. Sev Southern Lawyer. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't want to put. Say in living color won't have me. Yeah. I think I can do this. In living color would not have me. Yeah. They would not deign to have me. Do you believe my client, Jaws the Revenge, <laughs> Claspert or no Claspert, could have done the things that you convinced him to do? What? Oh, no. I can do the talk, but I can't speak it. I got to stop. Let's move on. Oh, my God. I want to see a Jaws the Revenge, like, three-night miniseries on trial, like Jaws Revenge on trial. Yeah. And it's Sorry. one of those live network <laughs> teleplays they do. <laughs> um, now, uh, oh, okay, so then Jake goes into his little personal sub <laughs> to tag snails and stuff, and, <laughs> and, and Jaws brushes by just a nod to let him know he's there. Yep, yep. And Ellen senses that at the parade. Then I thought Mike was kind of weird. Like Jaws comes up and chews the side of the boat and then goes underwater and is just like completely stone faced. Like I don't know if he's Jaws like, or Michael. Michael. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jaws is like smiling. He's having yeah. a great time. Uh and then also when he goes down, he brings down wood of the boat, but then like a plume of blood comes up yeah, from the wood of the boat. Confusing. It was the orca had drifted all the way down to the Bahamas and Quince, <laughs> Quince little subway. But is Michael also so like over sharks by this point? He's just blase when Jaws comes up at mice. He's just like, whatever. I know. And even Jake, when he sees Jaws, is they're both yeah. kind of like, oh, no big deal. Yeah, a they're like, it's white. Jaws for. Yeah. He knows it's a great white because he, calls it after he gets out of the water and they both are yeah pretty mild about it and that underwater scene should be really scary being in that little tiny sub yeah. and seeing jaws they they don't really play that for um yeah. and then uh i love ellen's like cashmere sweaters that she wears oh, the different yeah. like light blues and w whites very good they did some really weird adr at the end of the parade where it's like uh they cut out something because he goes, when she's talking about the shark attack and how it killed her family members, he goes, I know what you've been through. So you're like, you expect him to go like, I was attacked by a shark once. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I lost a family member to an animal. or But they don't. He just says, I know what you've been through. And then it cuts to the back of their head walking through a parade. And he goes, don't worry. The nightmares will go away. <laughs> Bad, bad, bad. I know what you've been through. My wife and children were killed by drug runners <laughs> when I was in hiding in Australia. They tend to take the ones you love, like that, you. That's better. That's better, Michael Caine. No. You say uh, in living color won't have me. In living color? See, I can't that's do That's better. No, that's no, way no, better. No, yeah, no, no, no. no, that's better. Would not. Would not have me. What? <laughs> He does have that stopped up. In living color would not have me. No, I have to take pee break. Yeah, do you want to take an Oz for a pee, pee plunge? Pee plunge, I Oz for pee plunge. Yeah, yes. we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Best one yet. With Corley and Rust. With Corley and Rust. 
Home stretch. Home stretch. I mean, notes wise, I'm too uh, wondering if when Ellen goes out on the boat on her own, is she planning on committing suicide? I was confused. Serious question. Oh, oh, yeah. When she finds out about that, because um, yeah, is it that she's going uh, committing suicide or she's going out to find Jaws to kill him? Yeah, but. It doesn't seem like she's going out well prepared. I mean, she has like a cool, a beautiful sweater and nice sunglasses. Because yeah. I, I guess in the end she <clears throat> stabs him, but was that only because Jake was eaten on the bow of that ship and that broke into a sharp thing? It wasn't her plan, right? right. So what it's was the clear. plan? Yeah. Other than like I'm going to go out there and just like throw myself into the mouth of the it shark. Felt like so a I self-sacrifice. Join or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, um. Oh, it just, uh, you know, there is the, the that c- casino sequence, which was, I think, really beautifully oh, yeah. done. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Just a couple weird Oedipal things. <laughs> like, Michael is just sulking at the table. Yeah, it's weird. He's not answering anybody's questions. He sees that his mom is dancing with Hoagie, so he gets up and walks over and cuts in. Hoagie is a class act, but says something really weird. The world would be a better place if more sons danced with their mothers. That's why when this movie was over, in fact, I haven't even seen the ending. I shut it off right there. Because you disagreed? No, I drove straight to Whittier and started (laughs) dancing with my mother. And started doing the Macarena with your mom (laughs) at 2 (laughs) a.m. Just in front of her. She wasn't even a willing participant. <laughs> um, and then they have this like really romantic dance, like the mom and Michael, like how movies shoot romantic yeah. dances, you know, yeah. like like spinning around. And then she whispers to him. She like goes in and whispers, show me what a great dancer you are. <laughs> but that was strange. Definitely. Um, now, then Michael and his wife, um, they argue again and he denies for the like 50th time that he's sad or something Yeah. while she's using welding equipment. Um, then they put a locator thing in his neck. What's that Jake does? Yeah. He's got transmitter. like a transmitter. Yeah. And they put it in and then, um, this is cut with Ellen. They go to like that tiki bar ellen and hoagie and she's wearing like a teal sweater now i love these sweaters yeah and i know it's not entirely like the definition of cozy but like a tiki bar on the beach is cozy with a bahamian breeze it's very cozy what would you get there at the jaws the revenge tiki bar well it's the bahamas i feel like you gotta have some rum who? Why is so, rum uh, more about? Oh, isn't just that kind of like the passageway for the people who brought rum? I would, yeah. I think I feel like the Caribbean is all rum based. Mm. Jamaica, Bahamas, come Fun. on, pretty mamas. Um, <laughs> I guess I would do. I guess like a mojito is kind of Cuba, but you know. A lava flow or a mai tai? These are all. Is mai tai your favorite? Like, mai tai is Hawaiian, tropical, right? or South What's Pacific. Your- I love a pina colada. I really Ooh. do. Is that yeah. what you were drinking in Hawaii when you guys went? Uh, uh, we, I tried a bit of it. 
Yeah. That's good. I don't know. What would you have? Ooh. Um, There's... I think I'd like... Hmm. I guess a rum drink would be pretty good. Yeah, so you got Mai Tais are rum, pina coladas. Oh, what are those dark flows. and stormies? Oh, dark and stormies, yeah. Dark well, I, rum and um, ginger beer, I think, yeah, right? I like those. I went, yeah. When I went to Hawaii once, I was having some dark and stormies. That yeah. was fun. So, yeah, if Michael Caine took me out on a date to a tiki bar, yeah. I'd be like, three dark and stormies. Right away. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. then I'd give him my key. My hotel key. Oh. And I'd say, you drink these three. I'm, I'm going to stay sober. But Goodbye, you... I'm going home. Um, Now, okay, so he kisses her there after he says he's done with the pilot gig. Yeah. Um, And then Michael and James are on Neptune's Folly. Mm-hmm. That's a great name yeah. for the ship oh jake's shirt he crossed out same old shit so it says the joke of the shirt he didn't do it the shirt is same old shirt (laughs) it like crosses out shit shirt. i guess that's better than a bahamas shirt (laughs) um now i want it to be known (laughs) that when Ellen and Michael's wife discuss later whether they she should go with Hoagie, and the grandkid then um, interrupts, and she kind of goes like, "You told me never to interrupt." Yeah, which is such a weird way to end a scene. Um, even though it might seem like it, that scene in the movie does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> it's actually two women, and they're talking about Hoagie. So they're talking about a man. So it Damn, this movie was so close to really nailing everything cinema could aspire to be. I, I did see what's the highest grossing <laughs> movie that passed the Bechdel test. And it's uh, Titanic. I guess there's a scene in Titanic where two women are discussing something. That, is it a man? Is it Kathy Bates and, and uh, Kate Winslet? Yeah. And she must be saying, like, you know, I'm quite unsinkable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this scene sucks. (laughs) But we passed. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Um, I wonder how many of the movies we've watched have not passed the Bechdel test. Because I I feel like in slasher movies, if you get two girls in a scene, they're usually talking about the boy that one of them is after or something. But There's the scene with Ripley clone and what's Winona Ryder's clone's uh, name. They have a scene together and I can't remember if they're talking about a man. Oh, maybe the first alien does it. Oh, cause you know what the original, this comes from a cartoon. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think the original cartoon makes a joke how they're going to see alien. And it's oh, one wow. of the few movies you can see where two women are in a scene and they're not talking about a man. Oh, interesting. Um, so alien in alien. What is it? Well, would it be Lambert her and, and uh, uh, what's her name? Lambert? Uh, what's her name? Lambert. Yeah. Um, when they're maybe arguing about protocol, maybe. Hmm. Um, but if, 
No, because at the end it ends with them going, isn't David Cassidy so dreamy? God, I love him. I couldn't resist. You should have yelled cut. I couldn't. When are we going to see a movie where two sharks don't talk about mankind? Oh, I'll tell you what didn't pass the Bechdel test. Neil Armstrong's first line on the moon. <laughs> it's the line that was problematic. There were two women up there. <laughs> right. It was just him talking about mankind. Um, now, uh, then Michael has a fake out dream. So we got two Jaws attacks, fake out dreams, yeah. which is pretty cheap. Um, then the little like repeat of the callback of the parent yeah. child. Um, I wrote down, makes me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> and gives me the weirdos down in my coolies. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, okay, so then there's a point where Michael goes down on that tiny sub and he gets to swim away kind of like Hooper at the beginning of the, yeah. in the first one when he yeah. gets out of the cage. I gotta say, when it comes to the real important kills, Jaws either gets sloppy or what I think is more... He gets a little pressure. He feels the pressure, a little pressure anxiety. Oh yeah, like like yeah. like uh, he's like, oh, I gotta kill the big guy now. Oh. Yeah, I think the, they're doing the Hooper thing with Michael Caine's character too, where you think he's like dead in the plane. Oh, totally. Yeah. And God, the way he dies on that plane, like Jaws just comes up and like swallows him. Yeah, because you don't see anything because they can't show you anything because you they want you to think he's dead. Unlike Jake, where you can see him get eviscerated. Yeah. And, and Although his line when he first sees the shark, Michael Caine, and just goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the camera was running when his shoes got wet. <laughs> he just used that. You could tell he's just like, Oh, when he comes out of the boat, out of the water, out of the boat, his hair's wet, but his shirt isn't. Like, oh, really? Yeah, they clearly, uh, like, Michael Kay was God. not getting wet for this movie. That's when they were shooting in the backdrop. Well, the, another thing about that backdrop I noticed is you can see the waves splashing against the backdrop, oh, like little white caps. I love it. Yeah. That's so good. I Now, I know that backdrop because from the Universal Studio Tour, it's right next to the cabin from Coach great. and the Great Outdoors. And, yeah. And um, in uh, an episode in the third season of Love, we got to shoot at that cabin. Oh, really? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, so I got to spend like five days, four or five days oh. on that back lot area with the fake ocean and stuff. Oh. And uh, the the idea of it was that my character is a tutor working on a movie that's shooting there. It's not at Universal, though. It's supposed to be shooting in another state. But the premise of the movie was a it was called Liberty Down, and it was about a terrorist group of rednecks who kidnap like a governor or a senator and are holding her hostage in a cabin. But are you on a movie set or or it's on location? Uh, in it's a it, lake house. It's on a movie set, but not at Universal. Okay. But it's supposed to be a fake gotcha. cabin. Okay. Um, but it's weird because uh. Then that crazy thing happened in Michigan where those oh, that yeah. paramilitary group. So when that happened, me and oh, Dave King were talking to each other. We're like, hey, this is... We did it. Yeah. <laughs> they stole our idea. <laughs> we're suing them. Um, now, you were saying, yeah, the you had it with... Um, you had it with 
the uh, the the last thing was her getting on that boat by herself. Yeah, and is she doing it to kill herself? Um, because that's is that happening around the time that yeah, Michael's getting chased. Oh, I love that, and he goes into the he hides in that sunken boat. Yeah. And then Jaws find like I was like, why are people hating Jaws of Revenge? This stuff's all cool. Yeah, there was some cool stuff in there. Um, I also like when Peebles gets eaten. The it's crazy, and I could see in '87 it looked weird, but it felt like a throwback to the '70s. The kind of slow motion, the really cool sound design of the pulse of the shark. Yeah, and then the like electrical charging of those devices. And yeah, the like cutting to each person in slow motion and I could totally see how that was overwrought and cheesy at the time. Yeah. But now with some historical context, it feels more like a throwback than anything else. I, I kind of liked it. I had a fondness for it uh, as well too. I mean, the whole kind of last um, 20 minutes is like bonkers, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, the Because uh, Jaws attacks those kids on that bouncy thing. And then, um, and that's when, uh, Michael has the reaction of like, why didn't I think about that? Why wouldn't I have been able to catch her? Um, uh, so yeah, when they go out to get her, Michael and Jake are on a motorboat and they cross paths with hoagie who's just out and about fishing like he does they've already shown him he fishes in his dinghy most afternoons so then he says we'll get on my plane and we'll go get your mom yeah and now does mike think hoagie's okay yeah now that he has a plane <laughs> he yeah, likes him i think so um they're uh i noticed she gets to call him uh ellen calls the shark a son of a bitch. She gets to say the full word. Yeah. Unlike her husband who gets. And, and yeah. Unlike Jake's shirt. <laughs> yeah. Jake's shirt has been censored for too long. <laughs> um, now. I noticed th there was a emotional moment with Alan's crying and Hoagie survives and he pulls himself up. And it's like supposed to be like a big moment. Like he survived. <laughs> he makes some joke about Jaws having bad yeah, breath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think that was funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not as written, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wondered if you like this um, little bit of quick bit of mission prep that uh, Jake and Michael have where they're like their own like little buddy movie yeah, where they're getting together to go take the bad guy yeah, out. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. Uh, um, that seemed to be its own movie, right? The kind of like Jake, Michael, buddy. Yeah, and those two other guys. One of which yeah. was, I believe, Melvin Van Peebles. Oh. Uh, Mario's father, oh. I think. Um, and then, so the, they take him on and they, what are they putting in his mouth? What's going on there? They're putting, I'm not sure what the device is supposed to be originally, but they rewired it to like send an electrical impulse so that Jaws the Revenge is literally his ampules of Lorenzini will be sensing energy from within itself as opposed to externally. And it would like, that's why Jaws starts freaking out because it can't get a bearing on where. That's it cool. Is. I yeah. didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's smart of and Michael and Jake. That might be. 
also when it roars, the Tom and Jerry roar when it's coming out of the water and they're hitting the like pulse of it and it's just going, come on. I keep trying to drive towards my own belly. (laughs) And then it it ran into like a perfectly arched hole in the door, uh, in the wall, like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, When Jaws does die, um, when the mast blows him up, uh, uh, I did like that they brought back the dignified, like, sinking death of Jaws. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Nice touch. I like that. Um, and then the movie wraps up with them um, being in that big fake ocean tank and then getting on a plane. Yeah. Uh, now, did you like... I think... People might think it's corny, but I think it's cool when credits run over the action of a plane flight through the air. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Also, is this the first Jaws movie we've gotten with a kind of coda? Because usually they end right after the shark is killed and they're still either floating or fleeing or something like that. What was 3D? I can't remember. Isn't it pretty abrupt too? Oh, yeah. This they're is the... Oh, yeah. Because remember they're hugging after it exploded and the, the dual... Dolphins come up and freeze frame in air. I mean, the fact that this movie doesn't end with two dolphins freeze framed on each side of the screen. Oh my God, that's right. Uh, So, yeah, this is like the most denouement ish that they get. Yeah. And oh, the other thing I was going to, I forgot to mention was um, in addition to that being a difference, um, I don't know what was going on uh, economically at the time. But there is just no the three previous Jawses. It all hinges on the, or a lot of it hinges on the economics of if people find out about the shark, then they won't come to the beach. They won't come to see like yeah, none of that. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know if like that's just like in the mid eighties, like we're not going to try to shine a light on how people want to earn more money and yeah. like sometimes do nefarious things to, to get free it. market. Yeah. Like Come the on. free market is great. We're not going to worry about that. But I did notice, I did think that was like an interesting uh, omission in this movie. Very interesting. Yeah. I noticed in the credits that one of the stuntmen, Tom Morga, Tom who Morga, he played Jason in the movie. He's also in that Marine World Africa USA stunt show that I watched. Oh my was gosh. the creator of it. Yeah, pretty crazy connection. Do you think he knew Bob? Bob. He had to. He had to. All those guys knew each other. They had to. If you had found if you found out like in research that they needed a fill in for Michael Myers for one day on Halloween four and called up Robert Rochelle, that would just I wish I that would be my purple uh, uh royal ugly dude action figure that I would give to you is that information. Just Bob like Ro- in this scene. Bob Rochelle is Michael Myers, Michael uh, Matt. And you'd be like, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Oh, my you. God. That'd be incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be the best one of them. Now, if if you had to put on one of the Michael Myers masks, which one would you want? And it can't be the first. And it can't be the first? Oh, boy. <laughs> that smells like fish. 
Or what? It was horrible. He got Jaws breath. <laughs> um, I guess I'd go. I forget. Is two the same one, and that's why it looks so weird. Or they had to. Two is the same one. It's just like dustier and uh, nicotine. Stain. Yeah, I think I'd go with that one. Yeah. I think I'd go with the Halloween um, <laughs> Resurrection. Oh one. my god, that one is just straight up, not only store bought but like ninety nine cent store bought of like uh, trick or treat killer mask, <laughs> generic, you know. Yeah. Well, should we? Um, yeah. Best kill this baby. Let's best kill this baby. I've got mine. Yeah, me too. What's yours? Sean at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I understand that. I'm going to go a little controversial here. Mm. I'm saying Mario Van Peebles' Jake because technically he did die. Yes. So, And that is a good death. Also, the death of the person on the banana boat, it was a little repeat of Jaws 2. Yeah. The like, if you're an adult in a Jaws movie and a child is at risk, don't be noble. Yeah. Let the kid die. Don't be brave because you're always going to get it. (laughs) So out of 13, just to recap our Jaws's here, Jaws 1, of course, we gave a 13 yeah, out of 13. And don't try that at home. You should go to a dentist to recap your Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> we both gave 13 to Jaws. Jaws 2, I gave a 9.5. You gave a 9. We both gave Jaws 3D a 4.5. Okay. So I have a feeling both of ours will probably come in between a 9 and a 4.5 here. Yeah, yeah. I've got a number that's coming to my head pretty soundly. Mine too. I'll say mine. Okay. I'm going to say it's a 7 out of 13. I'm going to say 6. 6. Okay, there it is. Well, that does it for Jaws. Doesn't do it for Sharks or no. Orcas. No. Or even if we want to attack on Day of the Dolphin. You know. <laughs> That's right. Um, so next week is uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Very exciting. So my first time. You've seen it before. I'm so stoked. Um, and it's kind of like, if you think about it, like this has kind of been, it remains to be seen, but like they're getting, these movies are getting exponentially bonkers. Yeah, and, and this one's fairly bonkers. Now, this has a famous memeable moment. Do you know about that? I know the memeable okay. moment, right. and I it makes me excited to see it. Okay. It doesn't spoil it. Yeah. It makes me want to meme it more. Meme it more. <laughs> meme me up, Scotty. <laughs> I forgot to mention that also on Patreon, we've done the Cozy Tournament, which was such fun. And now... The trustees on Patreon have nominated the nominations for the Cozy Awards, which yes. is an episode we'll be doing soon. So you can find that on Patreon. Yes. Again, we have a live show with Townland, Don't Stop or We'll Die. That's right. And the Sloppy Boys on August 25th. Now, if as the Return of the Jedi commentary has come out, it so people out. know the next commentary gets announced at the end of that too. So people oh, can, yeah, we can listen to that. Say we're doing a commentary on Sleepaway Camp. Yes. Very exciting. The Sleepaway Camp. I forgot to mention that Mark McConville will be playing Pedal Steel with our band. And then you, Woo! Tony Thaxton, who plays drums as well for yeah. Don't Stop or We'll Die, will be playing drums for us. It's going to be a real hoot. And if we were to do songs at the end of this episode, do you have one that you want to lead into? Oh, uh, 
Sure. Uh, how about Denim Vest? I love it. So you're going to hear Denim Vest, and uh, I'll play a, a slice of the um, song The Solid State, which is the theme song for this. Oh, perfect. All right. We'll see you next All week. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. It's cold in the golden state. I'm in a slumber set in summer.
For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Ken. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.